You're about to listen to the re-released Andy Daly Podcast Pilot Project, Episode 1, which was recorded back in 2014. This is Andy Daly. To hear the entire Andy Daly Podcast Pilot Project archive ad-free, as well as new ad-free episodes of Bananas for Bonanza and lots of bonus content, please subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash andydaly. Thank you. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Andy Daly Podcast Pilot Project. Here are your hosts, Matt Gorley and Andy Daly. Welcome to the Andy Daly Podcast Pilot Project. Andy Daly is here. Matt Gorley is here. Very good. By the way, I have a habit of saying the name of this show wrong all the time. I think I said it right this time. Well, if it's your show, I don't see how you can say it wrong. Good point. I like that. I like your attitude. Podcast pilot. Those two words, podcast pilot, often get inverted for me. I'm pretty sure that in that episode zero that we did with Scott Ackerman, right out of the gate, I said it wrong. Well, I'm working up two separate logos, so they they just will go out (laughs) randomly as well, and no one will know. Some episodes will be the pilot podcast project, and some will be the podcast pilot project. Yeah. I don't think anybody will care. Well, this is the first proper episode of this show. Just to briefly re-explain what's happened here... Uh, uh, Earwolf receives unsolicited podcast pilots from would-be podcasters. Bags and bags of them. <laughs> they arrive in sacks. The mailman just schleps his way up here with sacks of cassettes. And we, uh, you and I, listen to thousands, if not millions of these. Yeah, every one of them we lost count. Yep. Uh, in an effort to just sort of, you know, sift through, sift through and see if any of them deserved a public airing. And we have found eight. Oh. Uh Eight episodes, eight podcast pilots that deserve a public airing. And just to be clear, these are not podcasts that we are selecting to become regular podcasts. We don't have that authority. Oh, no, no. We're just a screening. We're, yes. we're the first wave, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and these are chosen because they have some value that we feel uh, makes them worthy to be listened to, uh, whether it's because they're extremely unusual or whether it's because of an extraordinary number of people get murdered during them, which is, which is not, not the case today, really, although uh, – but it is uh, – stay tuned because there are there are murders <laughs> yeah. in these podcasts. Uh, so that will be interesting. But today we're starting off with a real whopper oh boy, this of guy, a podcast. This guy. I remember when, when this was probably – we were three months into the listening process. Yeah. And I just pulled this one off the pile. And I think both of us knew immediately that this was something special. We had a pretty good hunch that this one was going to work. Uh, Dalton Wilcox is a poet. A poet laureate, right? Uh, Perhaps self-proclaimed, but yes, a poet laureate, a cowboy, a cowboy poet, and uh, an iconoclast. Can I use that word? Oh, I don't see how you couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) He first became uh, familiar to Earwolf listeners on uh, Comedy Bang Bang episode 148, uh, later appearing on the television show, the Comedy Bang Bang television show. Uh, and uh, I guess he just figured uh, he he could have his own podcast, and it's it's an interesting one. Yeah, I like it because mm-hmm. not only is it an entertaining podcast in and of itself, but also you don't get many, uh, well, let's say older 
people doing podcasts. So it's a little bit of a look back at a, at a I don't know, a different time, different traditions. Yes, that's yeah. true. And also, I don't know that the cowboy perspective has really been out there in the world of podcasting at all. No, so it's, it's sort of a, a vanguard. Yeah. You know? So right from there, we, we kind of said this deserves to be Something out there. Different, yeah. And then and then the more we listen to it, the more we realize there's a lot. There's a lot here. You yeah. put a lot into this. All kinds of things happen, yeah. uh, including live music, which is a real treat on a podcast. Oh, boy, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Those guys are great. Yes. And at the end of Dalton's podcast, we will come back for a final word or two and some very important announcements that you'll want to stay tuned to. So don't, uh, don't, you know, when Dalton says goodnight, don't rush to the iPod and turn it off. That's all. It's very exciting. Yes, and very simple. So uh, I, uh, without further ado, I think we should just go ahead and get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this submitted Podcast pilot, The Wit and Wisdom of the West with Dalton Wilcox. Welcome to The Wit and Wisdom of the West with Dalton Wilcox. I am Dalton Wilcox, and this is the pilot episode of my very own podcast. Now, I am a cowboy poet, and I have uh, been referred to by myself and sometimes others as the Poet Laureate of the West. I am also uh, the author of a book, I wish I could say best-selling book. I always want to say the author of a best-selling book, but it is not a bestseller. And we're going to talk quite a bit about that today because that is... uh, infuriating and unacceptable, and we're going to talk uh, quite a bit about that today. And I'm actually, as a matter of fact, I want to be right up front with you, right up start of this podcast, and say that the whole point of this podcast is as a promotional tool to sell more of my books. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it's entertaining. But the main prerogative of this is to get the word out about my book and get people out there buying it, because sales of this book have been disappointing, to say the least. It's been goddamn disappointing. Uh, the book is called uh, You Must Buy Your Wife At Least As Much Jewelry As You Buy Your Horse and Other Poems and Observations Humorous and Otherwise from A Life on the Range. And it is a fantastic book just full of poems and observations, humorous and otherwise, from A Life on the Range. And I think people, anybody that read it will enjoy it. And so we're going to talk a lot about that today. And we're going to talk a lot about the sales of this book, which is this book was supposed to be a big deal for me. And it's just goddamn garbage Anyway, we're going to talk about that, and we got a but we got a big show ahead of us today. There's a lot of wonders and surprises and delights in store for you. But I want to first of all, immediately right off the bat, apologize if I seem uh, distracted or rattled in any way today. Folks who've read my book or maybe uh, seen or heard me around know that in addition to being a cowboy poet, I am also plagued uh, by vampires and also mummies, and and uh, it has happened to me. On numerous occasions that I have been attacked by these creatures, uh, seems like just about everywhere I go, and I'm, I'm uh, dearly regret to tell you that on the way here today, I did have an interaction with a vampire. Uh, I was confronted by one just moments ago, and uh, I'll tell you the story. First of all, I'd like to say, if there's any vampires or mummies out there listening, you will never get the better end of one of these confrontations, I swear to you. I I have prevailed in every single instance that I have been confronted by a vampire or a mummy, and I am still standing. That's why you hear my voice now. See, I was on the way here, and I was stepping into the elevator, reviewing my notes for the podcast. I had my head down, looking at my notes, and got in the elevator, pressed the number for the floor, and I'm just standing there in the elevator. I'm I'm literally, literally minding my own business. (laughs) And then I hear behind me, just a little tiny sound, a little sniffle, just like this. 
just like that. And I wheeled around and saw a fellow there. And I, I mean, this guy came out of nowhere, which is a classic vampire trick. And I says to him, are you a vampire? And this guy does what, exactly what half these vampires do in this situation. He laughs like it's preposterous. And then he says to me, <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, now, I, now, that's basically confirmation that we're dealing with a vampire because that's what they say almost every goddamn time. And I said to him, but I gave him one more chance. I said to him, are you a goddamn vampire? To which he basically told me yes. Because what he said at that point was, hey, calm down. Now, at that moment, because that's what a vampire says, the second time you ask him, almost every time he says, now, calm down. As you might know about me, I keep a stake of wood down my pant leg. And that was the moment when I reached for it, and I took care of that vampire there in that elevator. And we might hear about that this afternoon at some point, because there is a hell of a mess in that elevator. Uh, but that vampire should have brought should have brought the fangs out a little bit quicker, let's just say that. It was a draw between his fangs and my stake of wood, and I won again. So uh, anyway, I'm glad that I prevailed, but very, very sorry that that had to happen at all. Uh, but I'm glad to be alive, and I'm glad to be here. And fuck you, vampire in the elevator. All right. Anyway, uh, let's get going on the podcast. Uh, there's a whole lot of wonderful things coming up today. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a uh, podcast poetry workshop a little bit later on. I'm gonna invite a couple of my uh, uh, fellow uh, cowboy poet uh, comrades in here. We're gonna have a cowboy poetry workshop, meant to say. And then this is what I'm most excited about. We're getting things started off with a real bang on this podcast, on this pilot episode. We're gonna I'm gonna welcome into the studio one of the greatest. Uh, uh, country western bands and, and country western music, by the way, is the official music of the range and of the West. And we're going to have some of the greatest uh, players of that music that ever was uh, alive and playing in the world. And I'm talking about the journeymen. Folks, no fucking around. The journeymen are going to be here in the studio. I'm going to interview them. We're going to have a live goddamn set of journeyman music. I know I know you're tempted to fast forward, and I realize you have the capacity to do that on your machine because that's coming up later on. But I promise you there's good stuff in between now and then, so stick with us. God damn it. All right. Now, each and every uh, episode of this show is going to begin with uh, me sharing with you a little story of something that happened this past week out on the range. It's, uh, as you may know, I am a chronicler and collector of the wit and wisdom of the West, and so uh, this is a uh, an example of that for you here. I'm going to tell a little story about something that happened in my life this week, and and uh, I'll tell you every word of it is true. Cowboy <laughs> is known to exaggerate from time to time, but in this case, it wasn't necessary. Folks, uh, it seems there was a bunch of cowboys sitting around their local watering hole, Red Rooster, where the alcoholic beverages are guaranteed to get you drunk if consumed in great enough quantities. And these cowboys were having a damn fine time, swapping stories, bragging, showing off, and singing old songs, though the words might often escape them. Hell, that's why God invented whistling. <laughs> now into this scene of cowboy contentedness walked a familiar face and a welcome sight indeed. Beck Landry, down from the high country, smiling a smile as wide as the Rio Grande, every one of his tobacco-stained teeth on full and glorious display. Now, a smile that wide should not normally be a noteworthy affair, but on the face of Beck Landry, why, it was just as rare a sight as a heart on at a funeral. 
or a duck in a truck stop toilet. Take your pick. I, this is a work in progress. I think those are both good. Now, Beck was smiling wide, and that's a rare sight. And Lester cried out to him in amusement and delight. He says, Beck, why are you smiling? And Beck sidled up, and he perched himself up on a stool and nodded to the bartender, who was already pouring him a whiskey. And Beck said, well, boys, this morning I found out my irrigation system up and died on me, and it killed all my crops. Okay. And then he says, and I was putting up hay, and I threw my neck out. He says, Okay. And then he says, my best dog got bit by a rattler and died in my arms. And I tell you what, we're staring at him and he is still smiling wide. He takes a sip of that whiskey and slams it down and asks for another one, still smiling. If anything, the smile was even getting bigger. And then he went on to our astonishment and he said, then I found out that my wife is having a baby with the ranch hand. I called her a whore, and she kicked me in the nuts, and then she held me down while the ranch hand pissed in my face. And I told her to get out, and she said, fine, but first I'm going to burn down the barn, and that's just what she did and killed a lot of my livestock. And I tried to call the insurance man and found out that that policy I paid cash for wasn't real insurance. The only thing it insured me against was ever seeing again the man that sold it to me. Then... My horse threw me, and I landed on the fence and punctured my lung on the barbed wire. And then I heard that some folks caught salmonella from my eggs, and now I'm getting sued. And lastly, I've got blood in my stool, and the doctor says that ain't normal. And then he says, take a look at this. And he lifted up his shirt, and there was a railroad spike sticking out of his chest. He said, how'd you get that, Beck? And he says, well... I saw old Barton Fisk this morning, and I thought he was looking at my ass, and I told him so, and I knew it was going to be a fight, and it was, and well, I reckon he won. He says to him, Beck, now, if all that happened to you, why are you smiling? And he took a beat, a sip of whiskey, looked at us and said, well, boys, I still got my cowboy hat. So that's a cute little story. I thought you'd enjoy that one. <laughs> Funny little story of something that happened this week out there on the range. And then after that, uh, he actually tracked down his wife in that ranch, and he killed them before succumbing to his uh, railroad spike wounds. We buried him just yesterday. And come to think of it, you know what? We forgot to bury him uh, with his cowboy hat. That's a shame, because he probably would have liked that. I think that hat meant a lot to him. Oh, well. Anyhow, that is a story from this week out there on the range. And with that, we will get started with the wit and wisdom of the West. Now, the first thing I want to do, and this is going to be, uh, I hope, a regular segment of this podcast. As I mentioned up top, the sales of my goddamn book, it's just been <laughs> nothing but disappointment and infuriating. and it ain't, it ain't right. It just ain't right. And so... Something I do a lot anytime I'm feeling down about my book is I call my publisher and I say, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I really give him the business. And uh, it's got to the point where he's gotten very adept at avoiding my phone calls. And, and so it's getting harder and harder to trick him into coming on the phone. Uh, but I've come up with some ways of doing it. And today, as since this is an inaugural uh, podcast, I thought it'd be fun to not only get him on the phone, but goddamn drag him down here to the studio <laughs> in person, <laughs> bring him down here. So I come up with a story, and I, he's out there right now waiting. He doesn't know where he, <laughs> he doesn't know where he is. Now I, I caught wind of the fact that his wife went missing 13 years ago, and. 
This is just something I heard from a guy who said, you know, because I was complaining about him one day, and somebody said, yeah, well, you know, cut him some slack. You know, his wife disappeared, and it, he hadn't been the same since then, 13 years ago. So I said, damn it, you just gave me some uh, ammunition. Here's the deal. I called up, and I told his assistant I was a private investigator, and I had some information about his wife's disappearance, and I told <laughs> I told him, come down here, <laughs> and and I said, this thing is going to break wide open, and I, I even said, buddy, it's good news. <laughs> so anyway, he's down here. It worked. All right, and we're going to bring him in here right now, and he is going to be called to account on the goddamn marketing of this book. All right, will you please send him in here? What? Why? Why have you kept me waiting? What's... Well, well, well! <laughs> What is this? You son of a bitch. What is, Dalton, what is this? What is this? It's me, Dalton Wilcox. You have information about my wife? No, I damn well do not. I'm not a private investigator. I'm a cowboy poet. Sit down there. Put those headphones on. This is, well, this is my podcast, The Wit and Wisdom of the West. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Are you the one that called me? Yeah, that's right. I called you. I called you, my friend. You've been ducking my phone calls, and you've been, you've been hiding You've been playing cat and mouse with me, and I'm the cat, and I just caught the goddamn mouse. I don't know anything about your wife. I don't know anything about your wife, my friend. But that is a shame that she did go missing like that. I can't believe you, you've done this. This is horrible. You're- well, okay, fine. If that's your, you could, yes. That, that's a reasonable attitude. I won't argue with that. But but let's get to the matter at hand right now, which is the thing that you now want to discuss. Let's introduce you to the ladies and gentlemen. This is Russell Shine. Russell. Can we, I'm sorry. Okay. You're not ready to move on? Can we take just a brief break? All right, all right. And uh, talk off microphone. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, just give me, just cut the microphones for one second. Cody, just look at me right in the eye now. Cut the microphone. As I said, okay? I said it. You heard me say those words. All right, go ahead. You're uh, an inhuman monster. Uh Uh-huh. And, um... I feel like there's got to be some way I can call the police on you for what you've done. I don't know. What would be the charge? What would be the charge? Uh, I don't know. Um, evil? Uh, buddy, that ain't a charge. If that were a charge, I wouldn't confront as many vampires and mummies as I do. I, They'd I, all be behind bars. Okay. I think Those guys are evil. I, I think you're, you're, you're lucky that 13 years is a long time uh-huh. and I've— forgotten what my wife smells like is that right and i'm forgetting details like the color of her eyes isn't that interesting so let's let's get past this okay all right and we'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about but i want you to know i'm not happy okay all right not listen you know what maybe we can help you a little bit since this is a podcast going out to the public at large you know if you want to say something that helped find your wife i don't know what does it why what's the story how'd she disappear there well, I woke up uh, one day. Okay. And, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Cody, turn back on the microphones. Oh, okay. So uh, to, this is f- for your audience. Uh, I don't need to explain it again. Go ahead. Oh, uh, this is a message. This is the story of my wife's disappearance. Okay. They know. Up, they know. Go ahead. I woke up one morning. Yes. And um, I looked over at the, the my wife's side of the bed, and she was gone. She wasn't there. And this is very... Unusual. This was. It sounds like it was a disappearance yes, in, in I, the night. I usually wake up before she does. Yes, it seems like she she was abducted sometime uh, during abducted. the evening. You're clear that it was an abduction. Well, there was there was no uh, 
sign of a struggle, so they must have been very skillful indeed. And uh-huh. I was not disturbed. They did not wake me up. And uh-huh. uh, they covered their tracks really well. There was no, no signs of a break-in. Uh-huh. Uh, so I imagine chloroform must have been used. and, and uh, On the door? They probably loosened the door with chloroform. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. just they got in there. They loosened the lock up. Yeah, with because it's also a liquid. So you, there's a lot you can do with it sure. if you're wearing a mask. You know, you got to wear a mask so you don't succumb Folks, to the effects. Let's just be clear on that. If there's, I, there's all sorts of things that a podcast can do, and this one will say if you're going to chloroform somebody or something, use a mask. Good. I, you know, that's. I guess that's helpful information, but for for the wrong people. I don't know that we should be. I'm not here to make. To I'm not here to make judgments, moral or otherwise. If you need to chloroform okay, somebody, I, can I though? Uh, I prefer not. If you need to chloroform somebody, please use a mask. I suppose Good. if you if you need to, not if you want to. Okay, that's a fair distinction. Yeah, okay. If somebody needs chloroforming, in your judgment, good wear, compromise. Wear a mask. Good compromise. All right. Good. Yep. So. Um, yeah, there was no, uh, and what was so strange was that there was no ransom note. Okay. There was no demands. It was I see. Just, was there any note of any kind? No note. No note. No note. Okay. She was just gone. She, hit, she they, was just gone. And they, obviously they planned on keeping her for a long time. They took all of her clothes. Oh, I see. Yes. In what way were they, did she have luggage, may I ask? She did have luggage, And was yes. the luggage also gone? Well, easier to take the clothes, I suppose. Certainly. Why, why would you bring your own, you know that people have luggage. Yes, If yes. you're going to abduct someone, why would you bring your own luggage? Okay, all right, all right. That's just, it's a hassle. It's very, I mean? very thoughtful of these abductors to bring along all of her clothes. They, knowing pro- that, that, well, yeah. uh, obviously, yeah. this is some sort of long game that I don't know what, okay. the, what the end game of the long game is. Sure, okay. But uh, they have got her. They have left me with very little information. They very little. Nothing to go on. They really covered their tracks. Uh, the police laughed me out of uh, the police station. Oh, did they? Yes, they did. I said, my wife is been kidnapped by crafty people uh-huh who are stealthy silent uh very thorough i they, see they've thought of everything yep uh they knew where she kept a luggage and they packed up all the things that she would need to stay gone from you and for insult a long to, time insult to injury yes, what they okay. left is th- this was their only message to oh me. okay all right here we go this is gonna be a big clue was her wedding ring yes on the bathroom sink is that right as if to say we've got her that's a real insult isn't this it this is who we've got your this wife this is who we've got your wife <laughs> she's important to you we know it because of this ring wow that's pretty crazy. it's almost it's difficult to imagine who would do that Mon- monsters Mon- I, I think I mean, it's. I guess it's a word I use a lot, but I think these people are monsters. Okay, fair enough. Did she? Can I ask you mm-hmm. just one question, and we will move on? Yeah. Uh, did she like you? Well, you know, we had an understanding. I think we were married for uh, you know twenty five years, and uh, I see. And you know, we went through the seven year itch. We went through the fourteen year itch. Okay. We went through the fifteen through twentieth year itch. That's and a then, lot of itching. Then we settled into a very comfortable silence. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that uh, you do find those monsters that took your wife, and uh, and that's a real shame. And I see that you've got that wedding ring around your neck there. That's you? right, I do. You do. I, I will until the day I die or the day she turns up dead. And you, yeah, and from what I understand, well, I heard that you have a habit of sometimes just trying it on fingers of women who you think might be her. Yes, yeah, sometimes you, I feel like these kidnappers probably have altered her appearance in some uh-huh. way. And so I'll accost a woman on the street and I'll say, 
Hey, uh, why don't you? You look like you're about. You go ahead and accost him. A size three. Why don't you put this on? I see. Yeah. And if the ring fits a woman, yeah, then occasionally it has. Ah, uh-huh, okay. I've not been able to prove that it's my wife. Wow. I've asked. I've asked things that only my wife would know. But then I realized that uh, my wife wasn't in the habit of talking to me for the last five years of our marriage. So. Oh, uh, I see. It, you know who? I. It, uh, it, it, it's hard to say. It's hard to ask her questions, only she would know, because you don't know what she knew, because she didn't really talk to you. Exactly, and she oh. wasn't in the habit of answering my questions anymore. She didn't. So, <laughs> so you would ask her questions. It's a no-go it situation. Just, I get it, I yeah. get it. Well, this is a this is a sticky one, and I am sorry the police laughed after you, but... Uh, they really laughed, too, like for a long time. Is that right? Like, after I walked out, I could still hear them laughing. Ha, huh. I wonder what about that they found so very funny. But I, uh, I'm sorry to hear that, but but can we get to Thank the... Thank you. <laughs> Can we get to the more important matter that needs to be discussed today? What, what could be more important? I put my whole goddamn life and everything into that book. That's a big book. You know how many pages that book is? It's Do over you? 100. It's over 100. It is 398 pages is it that many? of wit and wisdom of the West. Poems and observations, humorous and otherwise, from a life on the range, goddammit. There's recipes in there. There's 32 different recipes for beans in that book. People pick it up. They'll enjoy that. There's there's a thing in there. I got a poem in there where uh, it's all about vampires. And then it says, maybe the vampire is on one page. And then you turn the page and there's a mirror in there. I mean, that's great. Certainly. Right? That's um, exciting. Now, look, look. I think you've written a terrific book. I know I've written a terrific now, hold, book. Let, well, you How dare you finish. say I think you've no. written a terrific book? I... I'm just letting you know I think it's terrific as well. Fine. You know it's terrific. But here's the thing. What? You've not just written one terrific book. Okay. You've written about three terrific books and put them all in one book. Now, this is what Why I, is this bad? I, what is he talking about? I tried to tell you this during the editing process, that you, you for, which you refuse to take part I in. Do, I don't participate in any bullshit like that. It's, your book is all over the place. If it was just the recipes, Here if we it go. was just the poems, if it was just the wisdom, if it was just the wit. But you've, you've got like, it's this mishmash paddywhack, you know, it's all over the place. And so people, they got nothing to grab on I'll to. tell you what this is. This is greed, pure and now, simple. You're trying to squeeze as many different books out of me to take my whole goddamn life and drain me. You got one book after another to promote, and I put it all in one goddamn book. But, and why can't you go out there and tell people to buy it? I guess I guess I think like a kidnapper, and I'm looking at the long game. And I, I figured like you could release these books one a year. You just called yourself a monster. Oh, I guess I did. May I see your teeth? Well, you've seen my teeth. Yeah, they're, they're just regular teeth. Well, you either filed down your fangs or you're not a vampire. Now, hold, please. We've Are you been a vampire? Through this. We've looked in a mirror together and yes. we both appeared in there so you know I'm not a vampire. Okay, that is true. That is true. I have not been attacked by a vampire and turned into one since the last time you checked. That's a, Well, I wonder if that's true. It, it it's true. Listen, oh. let's. We have plenty of time. For I vamp- hate to tell you, but this is all the stuff that vampires say when you ask them I, if they're a vampire. I understand. We'll do the vampire check in a little bit. We will. Okay? That's we'll go, fine. We'll go into the men's room, look in the mirror. <sighs> but they're evolving all the time. But now look. Here's yes. what I. Here's another thing, and I try. And this, you have to admit, this is fair. Okay. The thirty-two recipes for beans. Yes. Six of them are duplicates. Word for word duplicates. Yes. Now you know this. Absolutely. You changed the title of the dish. Yep. Uh-huh. Like in, in at one point, it's called um, 
you know, uh, beans on toast. Right. And it's very simple. That's right. And then later on. And that's what it is, it, by the way. Yeah, it's beans on right. toast. Later on, you call mm-hmm. it toast under beans? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but it's the same recipe. Because it depends what you're in the mood for. Whether you want to think about the beans first or the toast first while you're eating it. It's yeah. a very different experience. You could have at least, for, for, it's toast very un- different. for toast under beans, you could have at least made the step slide toast under beans. This is what you don't understand as a goddamn city slicker. And I know you won't deny oh, being a city go. slicker. You here won't deny go. being a city slicker. I'm, I'm from the city. I don't deny I'm a city slicker. Here's what you don't understand. There are toast fans out there. And there are bean fans out there. And the toast fans like the beans just fine, but they are mainly in it for the toast. And the beans fans, they don't have a problem with the toast, but the main driver for them is the goddamn beans. So you mentioned the beans first for the bean fans and the toast uh-huh. first for the tone fa- uh-huh. toast fans. Uh-huh. And they, what do you hand me about? How, how, about a- how about the beans on toast recipe that's called Napoleon's Lament? <laughs> and it's just the same thing. It's beans on toast. You're you're just flaunting your ignorance about Napoleon over there. Well, enlighten me. Well, from what I understand, Napoleon, when he was down in the dumps about a battle that didn't go so good, he'd say, you know, I can't do a French. I'll try to do a French accent. Bring me the beans. (laughs) Bring me the toast. And he would, that would he would that's what he would go for, and he'd cry over a plate of beans and toast, or toast and beans. And uh, you should have thrown some French words in the recipe. I uh, guess this is the class. I mean, that's just about the most city slicking thing you've ever said to me. Throw some French words in. God damn, that makes me so mad. That makes me mad. I think well, also, that's a terrible idea. I think also yes. in the preface of your book, you shouldn't have told people if you live in a major metropolitan area, right. put this book down immediately because you're, you're, yeah. you're a goddamn city slicker. Because you're a goddamn city slicker. I don't want no city slickers reading my book and judging it for the lack of French words in it. I can't have that. Well, now you're leaving it to you're restricting your readership. <sighs> yes, that's right. I'm restricting my readership. That's exactly what I'm doing. Well, now is this my fault? Well. Every single person on planet Earth who is not a city slicker ought to have this book in their collection, and they don't. And that's the problem. I talk to people all the time who tell me, I went down to my local bookseller, and I can't find the book. It's not in the store. That's a real problem. Now, which bookseller was this? I had people telling me, you know, I went down to B. Dalton's, (laughs) and I can't find it there. All right? Now, if it's not in B. goddamn Dalton's, where is it? I don't know if is B. Dalton still open. How do I know? Maybe, maybe, maybe I, it's not. I probably should know that. As a publisher, there's got to be at least one B. Dalton left. Probably. Maybe the flagship store is still open. I mean, my name is goddamn Dalton Wilcox. If you can't find my book in a B. Dalton, or if you can't find a B. Dalton, that's on you. I agree. That's a cruel irony. It sure. Is And I would like to actually, with your indulgence, introduce something that I, I want to get going on this show. And I, this is, the purpose of this is to embarrass you, Russell. I'm going to tell you that right now. But you would like my blessing for this segment. I guess I don't need it. Well, you're going to do whatever you want to do. So I go think ahead. goddamn right I am. This is called the uh, Dalton Wilcox Bookstore Challenge. And the way this works, folks out there, I want you to go to earwolf.com slash Dalton. And when you get there, you're going to find a, the book cover to my book in a printable format. I want you to print it out. I want you to bring it with you to your local bookstore. I want you to find a book it fits on. I want you to put the cover on a book. And then I want you to put the book somewhere in the store, you know, where it ought to be. Whether you have, uh, I don't know if your bookstore has a uh, Wit and Wisdom of the West section. Uh, 
or a uh, poems and uh, observations, humorous and otherwise section. What about a bean recipe section? If there's a bean recipe section, you could put it there too. That's the great thing about this book. It could, it ought to be in just about every goddamn section of every bookstore, including remainders. That makes me mad. That makes me mad because I think I know what that word means, and it means like leftover books or something like that. You made me mad, Russell. They're books that remain in the bookstore. Oh, that is infuriating. That's a bad strategy on the part of the bookstore to designate certain books as books that remain in the bookstore. Just about guaranteed nobody's going to buy That's why it. they put them out front sometimes in the bookstore. It's like, uh, hey, these are a dollar or steal it. Ah, It's up to you, but we don't want to see these books anymore. Well, folks don't even have the opportunity to steal my book because it ain't goddamn there. So now the, the last step of this process is I want you to take a photo of it there, wherever it is, in, in the correct section. <laughs> take a picture of it alongside and, and put it in goddamn alphabetical order. Put it down there by the W books. Take a picture of it and then send it back to me. And I believe there'll be instructions over well, here. Wolf.com slash Dalton to tell you where to where to send that photo to. Shouldn't it be under Y for you should buy your wife? Are you telling me they do it by title and not by author in the bookstores? Oh, that's you know what you got me. Okay, you got me. All right, Jesus, uh, when you, you are said, bad at your job. When you said <laughs> when you said W, I went right to wit and wisdom. Oh, I see. No, it's that my name is Wilcox. And yes, this might be I one understand. of the problems. B you don't know my goddamn B. Dalton name. Wilcox. I know it. Gee whiz, you remember the time that I called uh, your office? I got your assistant online. I said, I said this is Russell's doctor. I was going over his. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going over his blood test, and I found something shocking. That's right. I said, <laughs> I said, he's a, he's a no, not just a danger to himself with this here. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you ever see that movie, The Andromeda Strain? Right? And <laughs> your assistant said, you telling me he got a space virus? I said, just get him on the phone. I've said too much already. That That's time, right. yeah. He made, he made me eat three pounds of stones. Is that right? That's right. I'm sorry. Your assistant made you eat three pounds of stones. Based on your instructions. Right. <laughs> When you did not come to the phone, I I made that as a punitive measure. Well, listen, here's the story. Uh, Do you want to hang around for the rest of the podcast? Because I think you're going to learn a lot if you hang around. It was an hour drive down here, so yes. Very good, because there's all kinds of wonderful things coming up. And uh, I think if you hang around, you might, by the end of this, here's a goal. By the end of this podcast, may we no longer be able to describe you as a city slicker. May you have learned so much from my cowboy poet friends who are about to come in here. And from the journeyman, that we can no longer describe you as a city slicker. Well, are you going to make me wear a bolo tie? Well, that's a great idea. I don't have one here, but I'll fashion one out of these pens and uh, microphone cords. I'll get right on that. <laughs> put a goddamn bolo tie around. Don't put yourself out on my account. It's already I've already come up. Now that makes me think of another section of my book I should put in there as instructions on how to make a bolo tie out of anything. So you want to you add stuff to this book that already no one is buying? I don't want it. We're going to do it. We're going to go ahead and we're going to add it to every existing copy, put another page or two in there with instructions on how to just slip it in there. You get Okay, so you're just going to add a couple pages sure. to this 395-page book. Bring it up to 398, my friend. Bring it right up to 400 pages, two pages of instructions how to make a bolo tie out of anything. And I'm mad at myself. I didn't think of it already. Listen, uh, Leaves of Grass, if you're going back and tinkering, maybe uh-huh. take out the part that says, don't read this book, City Slickers. That is not negotiable. That part has <laughs> got to stay in there because it can't have City Slickers reading it. You're making a mistake. I can't. They wouldn't understand it. 
they would get angry, and I don't want a bunch of angry city slickers. All right, folks, uh, I think it's just about time we took a goddamn uh, commercial break, and uh, there'll be things in here to tell you to buy, and uh, buy those by all means, but mostly buy my book, please. It's called You Must Buy Your Wife At Least As Much Jewelry As You Buy Your Horse and Other Poems and Observations, Humorous and Otherwise, from A Life on the Range. Enjoy these commercials. Welcome back to the Wit and Wisdom of the West with Dalton Wilcox. I am Dalton Wilcox, uh, the Poet Laureate of the West, as I am known by myself and occasionally others as well. Uh, Russell Shine is still here with us, City Slick and Book Publisher. Hello, Russell. Now, Russell, you are in for a real treat. Is that so? Yeah, yeah, it is so. You sound skeptical. Have you ever been to a cowboy poetry workshop before, my friend? Uh, unfortunately, no. Aha! Uh-huh. Well, you're at one now, goddammit. Yeah. We are joined here by a couple of other cowboy poetry poets of my acquaintance. Sally Jespa is here. Hello, Hi. Sally. Thank you so much for being here. And Sally and I, we, we met at the great uh, Texas Chili Cook-Off, did oh. we not? Yeah, we had a good time there. Chili Cook-Offs, as you probably do not know, Russell, are often also cowboy poetry workshops. Those spring up simultaneously and, what's the word, spontaneously amongst chili. So it's two competitions at the same time. There's the chili and then there's the poetry? Well, the depths of your ignorance is is appalling. This is not a competition. This is a workshop. This is a supportive community of cowboy poets. And, by the way, cowgirl poets, we need need to say here. Sally Jespa is here. She's not a man. Yes. Uh, But so at these – but the the chili cook-off is a competition, yes? Yes, that's correct. And so – but then the workshop happens? That's correct. Yeah, workshop. Because a lot of chili cooks are also cowboy poets. Cowboy poets can cook a damn mean chili, as you you might know if you read – the uh, some of the chili recipes in my book. Does anyone ever say you mean? <laughs> you mean have I read them all twice? There, each one is in there twice. I want people to understand. Does anyone at the chili cook-off ever say, "Hey, I'm trying to eat some chili here. Please stop talking to me about cactuses." Uh, I don't recall ever hearing that, and if somebody did say that, we would know we would uh, unmask them as a city slicker and get them the hell out of there because it's hard to imagine me somebody who enjoys chili and does not enjoy hearing cowboy poetry. <laughs> hard to imagine. But also here with us, thank you, Sally, is Bartleby Mulcahy, dear old friend. Hello, Bartleby. I'm having such a good time already. <laughs> Marvelous. And now Bartleby is uh Bartleby's been in this a long damn long time. Long time. You yeah, you were you were I mean, you go back to the real days of cattle driving. The, yeah, I don't even know. Oh boy, uh, I love it. He doesn't even know. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, nowadays, the cowboys are, are uh, more likely to be fenced in on ranches. But you you were out there in the, following the coach trails and Ooh, rustling was, up your cattle. And the all Oregon that. Trail, uh-huh, the yep. Washington Trail, yep, the sure. California Trail. A lot of trails. Nevada Trail. Which one was that? Nevada Trail. Okay, good. Texas Trail. Sounds like just about every state that you associate with the Southwest has a trail, and you can name every one of them, more right. or less, Bartleby. All I'm right. saying you can. You, I'm not saying please do. Oh, oh. But uh, uh, just wonderful, and uh, and you, you, you truly are. Some, some have called you the grandfather of cowboy poetry. Yes, well, my grandfather called me that first. It was first your grandfather who called you the grandfather of cowboy poetry. Yes, he was... He was a very ironic man. 
I see. Okay, yeah. Now, I, there was a time when you were called, I believe, the Poet Laureate of Cowboy Poetry, and yes, then you that were was unseated in that two, role. Two weeks. For two weeks, and then I goddamn took it from you. <laughs> Didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Sally, what's it like being, uh, being a, a cowgirl in a world that's so dominated by cowboys and poetry? Well, I, I I have to say, yep. it feels like I'm constantly being judged. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh-huh. that's constantly. Right. Uh-huh, Everywhere uh-huh. I go, I feel people are whispering. Yeah. Oh, look, look at that. She's a cowgirl and trying to be a poet. I don't think it's going to be, is it? you know? Because poetry is such a manly pursuit. It is. It is. <laughs> and it, the, the idea of a woman practicing it is uh, is really weird. I know, but I'm go I'm going for it. I'm going against those norms. Yeah, but anyway, now normally a cowboy poetry workshop, we're in Russell. We uh, share our our works of cowboy poetry in progress uh, and critique them and comment on them and help one another. Uh-huh. Uh, doesn't take place around a table with microphones as we're doing it here right now. It normally takes place around a campfire. This is very disconcerting. I'm sure it is, but. Bartleby, I'm going to make it better for you because we, I mean, the, the technological capacities of this kind of technological wonderland that we're in now mm. make it possible for us to feel as though we're at a campfire by bringing up a sound effect. Will you do that, Cody? Bring up a campfire sound effect. There it is. How about that? Oh, yes, sir. That's quite nice. Feel... That sounds like one. Yeah, I'm mm. getting a little bit warmer. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like there's a campfire. That's what you're meant to feel like, yes. Bartleby, from the sound of it. Yes, well, you got your money's worth on that 99-cent download. <laughs> Absolutely. Look at you throwing around city-slicking words like download. Outrageous. Outrageous. You know, our goal, by the way, mm-hmm. by the end of this podcast, is to not be able to describe Russell as a uh, city slicker. That's our plan. Oh, all right. To, to uh, what's the word, to introduce him to so much of uh, Western life. Inculcating him into the ways of the West. Hot damn. Inculcate. How is that not a city slicker word? Inculcate. Listen to the way he says it. Say it again. Inculcate. That ain't city slicker. Because right there's an apostrophe N and apostrophe on the he end. He didn't put the G on there. You say it. Inculcating. Oh, that is disgusting. Ooh, ooh, I feel like I've just got splashed with dirty water in the gutter of New York City from a goddamn taxi cab. <laughs> when that's, that's what, how it plays on my ears hearing that goddamn G. Horrible G. City slicking G. You know, Russell, by the way, I got a beef with you. Okay. When I first heard about you that your name was Russell, mm-hmm. I thought it was. R U S T L E, and that's the only reason like I the agreed verb. to let you publish my book. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, your name was that's Russell. not a name. That's that's. Oh, and Russell is without. R- yes. Without a T. R U S S E L is I, my name. I beg to. Beg. I don't care for rustlers. Rustlers. Yeah. Oh, you got a beef with rustlers? Yes. But hold on a second. Bart- Bartleby is a name. That's is right. a cowboy name. Sure it is. <laughs> it's also a pirate name. Yep. Now, you could have gone into pirating just as easily with a name like I Bartleby. certainly thought about it. Did you? Yes, but I love cows. And it's, you'd never get a cow out on a pirate ship? Certainly not. Is that right, Russell? Never get a cow on a pirate ship? I, I'm assuming. I, mean, I don't remember hearing about any cows in any pirate stories. You ever publish a book by a pirate? Uh, yes. Oh, you have? Yes. 
one of the Somali pirates that played himself in Captain Phillips. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he wrote it behind the scenes of the movie. Gee whiz. I'm going to not <laughs> read the, that. The one surviving Somali pirate. Can you find that at B. Dalton's? Absolutely. Do you know you can't find my book at B. Dalton's? <gasps> I can't even find be dope. That's a problem. I've heard about that problem, too. All right. Anyways, I think it's about time that we start reading our poems. I have not given any thought to who might go first or anybody in particular that feels that they want to. I would like to not. You don't want to go first. That's fine. I'll go first, goddammit. All right. I will read a poem that I am working on. And if this one is good, by the way, Russell, I'm going to want to add it to my book. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll it's print, your book. We'll, we'll print it out and we'll just slip it into the existing copies. You, you understand this is at your own expense? Uh, doesn't sound like it costs any money. Just print it, it costs out. costs a great... You're talking about an entire reprint no, of no, an no, existing no, no. book. No, 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 no. I am not. Russell. You're talking about taking the existing copies and then sticking in extra pages? Yes, along with the pages about how to make a bolo tie out of anything. Just sl- slip them in there into every existing copy. What about the, that is hard to understand? The only impediment to that is that it's impossible, but other than that, we'll try to work around it. Very good. All right. This poem is called, I One Time Killed a Frankenstein. I one time killed a Frankenstein whilst shopping in a store. He lurched toward me, arms outstretched as I ambled toward the door. In my hands, a new bandana, a hat ten gallons deep. In my body was a soul which my body aimed to keep. His voice was ghastly as he spoke in halting monster speech. And I tried with all my might to stay out of his reach. He said, you gotta pay for that. And filled my heart with dread. And then I drew my six gun and shot the monster dead. The news reports describe the monster simply as a man to keep from terrifying folks as only a Frankenstein can. So that's a poem there. Are we, uh, are we workshopping these poems? That's right. We're workshopping them. Because I yep. would have liked to know what store you were in. <laughs> that's Specifics. That's, that's, that's the main thing that you I feel needs addressing? I don't care to shop there. Oh, oh well, yeah. Well, look, you can shop there now. Frankenstein's gone, but that was uh, yeah, he's been murdered. Laramie Feed and Western Supply. You know Laramie. Oh, sure. I love that place. Yeah, that's I was... where I lost my virginity. God damn it! Is that true? Oh, yes, you lost your virginity at Laramie Feed mm-hmm. and Western Supply. I did. Who to whom? May I ask? Well, at the time, it was the it was that that cashier. Oh, okay. Uh, his name was his name was Hank. Hank. His name was Hank. And he just wooed me. Is that right? Yeah, he just wooed me. He Sweetheart, said, there's a good chance he's been shot dead. Oh. Uh, just to let you know. But I don't know. Maybe not. Oh. But he wooed you there and uh, and you took your virginity. Took my virginity right away. From, ripped it out of Right me. there in the store? Mm-hmm. What section of the store? Uh, right in the back where all that like bird feed is. Oh, mm-hmm. That's the most romantic part of the store. Every time I see a bird feeder, yeah. I think about... Hank oh. just ripping that virginity away from me. He ripped it away. He ripped it away. You got to write a poem about that, darling. I do. I do. I'm a. I'm write that down in my head. Write it down. Yeah. I, I lost my virginity amongst the bird feed. I That's very beautiful. much enjoyed that you used. Yes. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is a metaphor for all the qualities that make up a human being in that poem. Bartleby, I'm so confused by your words there. What are you talking about? What's a goddamn metaphor, Bartleby? What well, the hell are you talking about? It means you use the Frankenstein to represent how someone's kind of slapped together from this and that. Oh, 
I don't know. No, no. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I killed a Frankenstein. There he, was a Frankenstein he came at me. He saw oh, a monster. I missed. Mis- Excuse me. No, no, no. What do you mean he thinks he saw a monster? There was a. Oh, I should have said right up front. This is a true story. This this happened exactly the way the poem describes it. Oh, I thought it was a story of you looking in the mirror and deciding to be a better person. Bartleby, wow. what are you talking about? No, wow. sir. This is a this is a true actual story of a thing which happened to me, and and this is the how it went down. Now, I, Frankenstein. Can I, can I? Can I? That's an interesting point. Can I throw out something here? Yes. All it's, right. It's I hate to be so obvious, but it's Frankenstein's monster. It's not uh, the monster's name was Frankenstein. You don't refer to a mo- the monster as Frankenstein. <laughs> This is a perspective you could literally only have if you read a goddamn old book by somebody from Europe. So now you're familiar. You know that there's a book called Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I'm, I, well, I'm barely aware of it. I have the baseline written awareness by a woman. that a cowboy written by might a have. Woman. Oh, yep. That's right. What? I know. Yeah, that's right. A woman writer. She wrote a book about an actual Frankenstein that happened that occurred in Europe. There was a Frankenstein out there. No, no. They had a Frankenstein there. And there's a number of Frankensteins all over. How many Frankensteins would you say there are loose in the world right now? I would have to uh, consult the census data from the most recent census. But uh, what? Where they ask people, "Are you a Frankenstein?" They bet. Yeah, sure. Are you a vampire? Are you a mummy? Are you a Frankenstein? Are you Let homeless? How, how many are people? Are you Mexican? How, how many people say yes to those questions? That's what I don't know. I don't have those numbers in front of me, Russell. I don't know the numbers. But, I there's feel, gotta be. but I feel like you would think everyone's lying. They would say no. Anyone who says no is lying, right? Well, I think the census takers can tell if somebody's think, lying about being I a vampire. If it was really or a Frankenstein, he yeah. wouldn't say yes or no. He would just make some sort of grunting noise. Well, that's when they know they're dealing with the Frankenstein, yeah, probably, and they say, mark that they check the box yes to Frankenstein. Uh, yeah. But the yeah. Frankenstein. Frankenstein in your poem, he says very clearly you have to pay for that. He doesn't That's correct. make guttural monster noises. Well, no, I said he, What? how did I put it now? I'll, I'll refer right back to my poem. Please do. His voice was ghastly, and he spoke in halting monster speech. Right. That is just how it sounded. But then what was the direct quote that you attributed to this quote-unquote Frankenstein? You gotta pay for that. You got, now, okay, you're putting on a voice, but he's saying you gotta pay for that like a person would. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> he's not saying, uh, pay for A Frankenstein is made up of the parts of people. He's got a tongue and a voice box. We all uh, have to look ourselves in the mirror and decide to pay for the sins we've committed over the years. What? Oh, poor Bartleby. <laughs> no, nothing you're saying makes any sense. But I do appreciate your feedback there that I should mention the name of the store. <laughs> Uh, even though it might screw up my rhyming scheme, but I feel we're find a way to work it in there because it. Sally, don't you find this poem a little scary that he he murdered someone? Well, I mean, was it Frank? I mean, Hank, the Frank Hankenstein? No, it was. Well, it was a Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say on the matter. <laughs> it was a Frankenstein. But uh, anyhow, who else has a poem? Will we? Uh, uh, well, should we I can move read on to? Mine. All right, great. Sally Jesper would love to hear you. I poem. would have liked to yes, go yes. second. Or would you like to? <laughs> no, it's fine. You can go ahead, no, Bartleby. It's all, right. it's all right. Bartleby, you was a little slow on, yeah, the, on the claiming the second spot, yes, so it's, it's going to go to Sally. Indeed. Well, let me just warm my hands on this fire. Oh. All right, good. <laughs> go ahead, Sally. The fire right. makes me feel. It sounds like a fire. 
That's now, what it does sound like. I've me- I feel like I've memorized the pattern now, and so I know when it when it loops around. There's oh. Like, there's like a series of pops and crackles that I realize happens every uh, it's every two minutes. Just like a real fire. That is how a real fire works, if you pay close enough attention. All right, go ahead. If you're a pyromaniac and you're just staring at a fire. Listening for messages. You don't. Oh, this, There's not this a lot to do slicker. at night on the range. That's precisely right, Bartleby. The fire is like our television programs. It's all the TV we need. It's always a show about a little house catching on fire. Breaks <laughs> up the monotony, putting beans uh, on top of toast. Oh. You're not making much progress toward not being a city slicker. I'll tell you right now, calling beans Good. on toast monotonous. All right, Sally Jesper, let's hear your poem. All right, mine's called uh, Who Am I? <laughs> Please don't judge. Don't whisper while I read it. All right, you got it. <clears throat> my boots are heavy. My clothes are thick and dusty. My hair is hidden under a hat. I am a cowgirl. <laughs> I rise with the sun. I move like a semi truck. I have but one friend, a horse. I am a cowgirl. But whoa. Alas, I am changing like a butterfly going through that one process. I am becoming anew. I burst forth from the cocoon, but who am I? My shoes are light and support my arches. My clothes are bright and full of wild patterns. My hair is free and pumped with volume and bounce. I am a fly girl. I rise for rehearsals and the taping. I move like I can't be stopped. I have more friends than ever, including J-Lo and Rosie Perez. I am a fly girl. So, do what you want to do in living color. I, I, I wanted to know what the patterns were on your clothing. I'll get more specific about that. Yeah, that's great feedback, Barbie. That's great. It's great. A lot of zigzags. <laughs> Wowie, that was something else there. My gosh, Sally. Okay. I, I have to, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I like that first part about being a cowgirl. Yeah. Then it just turned to garbage in your hands. All that stuff about <laughs> not being a cowgirl anymore. I like, I like when you're a cowgirl. And then it seemed like once you go through that one process... I don't know what it's called. Good for you. Yeah. Not, not, nor should you. And then you become something else that sounds like, uh, I, I, I hesitate to say it, but it sounds a little bit to me like city slicking. Like, like dancing between, between sketches. A, a what now? A what? I saw it one time at a bar. You was at a bar, and I what'd was, you see? I was at a bar, and I saw a show. Yep. On TV. Okay. Where in between these funny, funny skits. Yeah. These ladies danced, and they looked glorious. Oh, I see. And that's what you dreamed of being? That's what I dreamed of being. Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. You ought to put on there an end piece where you say, but you know what? I'm mostly happy I'm a cowgirl. Because that I, that, that would be redeeming. Strongly disagree. <laughs> Strong, I thought that was a wonderful poem. Okay. I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed every bit of it. I thought it was wonderful. Yes, the description of being a cowgirl, and yep. then the uh, uh, the transformation, uh, like a caterpillar into a butterfly. I thought it, I thought it was wonderful. You did. We all have moments in life where we think we're something, 
And then we realized we're something else. I thought yep. the cowgirl who realized she was a fly girl. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful metaphor for the human condition. Gee whiz. Poor Bartleby. <laughs> Just losing his mind in front of us. Metaf- me- what is it? Metaphor? Metaphor. It's a literary yeah. term. <laughs> I got no use for it. I, my poems tell you exactly what happened. That's what I do with my poems. No dream of things. Now, Sally, is this a, is this a goal of yours you, you're pursuing to try to be one of them fly girls? Well, I... I- I talked to some people about it, and they said yep. it's not a thing anymore. Oh, it isn't a thing? It's not a thing anymore. Who, so, how, what do they do between the sketches now? I don't know. Oh, well, it's hard to imagine how, how you go from one sketch to the other. What if they needed, like, a cowgirl to wrestle something? Yeah, sure. We could combine the best of both worlds. If you're telling me there's some kind of a sketch comedy show where they do a sketch and then they you throw to a cowgirl wrestling something and then you go back to that, right? Goddamn, what, what would a cowgirl be wrestling? I don't understand. Like a great pig, question. A pig or like a sheep? Sure, I man. What about another gonna... cowgirl? Huh? What's that? What about another cowgirl? I don't have a problem with that at all. Two cowgirls wrestling in between comedy sketches. Tell you what, though. <laughs> Nobody would nobody would watch the sketches. They'd say, God, end the comedy sketch. Unless it's real funny stuff. Like, you ever see Hee Haw? Oh, love Hee Haw. Sure. Those are short and sweet sketches anyway. Get right back to wrestling. Yeah, those two sentences long, those sketches. It always, it always bothered me how strange everybody's voice was on Hee Haw. Is that right? They all had such strange, strange ways of talking. Oh, yeah, did they? That didn't seem like a real person would talk that way. <laughs> seemed phony to you. Yes. Isn't that interesting? Art- I'll have to go back and look. Artificial in the sense. Yeah. Like a sweetener. <laughs> Artificial like a sweetener? Yes. Like a Splenda or a Stevia? Whatever, a what? Whatever choice you make. I don't, I don't know what those words mean. Stevia. Well, Sally, that was a beautiful poem. The first part and the second part just made me angry. But, sorry uh, about that. I'm sorry. Well, that's all right. And, and uh, yeah, I think you go ahead and ignore Russell uh, and go ahead and put can, on there a part I, where at the end you say, but really, I'm just glad to be a cowgirl. Can I ask a city slicking question about uh, the wrestling? All right. Is, 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 will a sheep put up that much of a fight? And I'm asking, I'm genuinely asking. I can tell that you're genuinely asking, and it's if, infuriating. If you approach from behind, absolutely. She, she, she doesn't know what's happening. Not like a goat or a ram. We're talking about a sheep. It is possible to domesticate a sheep to the point where you can wrestle them. But we're talking about a wild sheep. Talking about a wild sheep out there on the range, and you sneak up from from behind, and that sheep is going to have a natural inclination to protect its life. They think you're a wolf. Yep. And you got to be a wolf in that instance if you want to wrestle them down. Like a werewolf. Oh, God damn. Is that what you're saying? I have definitely run into some werewolves out there on the range. Of course you have. I have. I mean... Pre-transformation into a werewolf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've, I've met them. Uh-huh. I've seen so, them out so there, just, and I've taken care of them. Just people, then. They're not people anymore. Once you've been bitten by a werewolf, you're a werewolf whether you're covered in hair at this particular moment or not. And then you got to be taken down. All right. All right, Bartleby. I think we're ready for your poem. <clears throat> <laughs> This is called, the, the title of this poem is Untitled. Okay. 
raised in the mountains of Iowa. <laughs> I've rode the range all my life, from the north to the south, from the side to the side, neither time nor desire for a wife. Some nights I do get lonely, some days I have needs to tend. When I want a caress or some tenderness, my pillow is my best friend. Thank you very much. It was sad. That was beautiful. Thank you. It was. It was very touching. I'll, I'll, I'll admit, it was very yes, touching. My best yeah. friend is my pillow. The best friend is your pillow. There's a title right there. My best <gasps> friend is my pillow. No, it's called Untitled. No, I, I understand. But if you wanted to give it a title, did you want to give it a title? Russell, that it gives away the goddamn ending. I, I am infuriated. I Don't give the, away the I gave end. it a title. The title is Untitled. All right. Okay. Well, the Mess- title is Untitled. Message yeah. received. All right. Well, that's uh, now. As folks know uh, who've read my book or seen me here and there, I I, I uh, also recommend in times of loneliness, dig a hole in the earth and pour some water in it. Mm-hmm. Called a land Virginia, you fuck it. Yeah. But well, I I would counter that by saying uh-huh. you can wrap your pillow around your dick and get some friction oh, that way. Okay, Bartleby. Yep, you can do that. That's true. Wrap my it around there. Is my best friend. Is that what you mean by caress in the poem? Oh, I leave that up to you to interpret. But I do wrap my pillow around my dick sometimes. Okay. Well, you know what? I think you Get might some as well. Friction going. Why is none of that in the poem? That's what I would say. It, it, it maybe lacks poetry to just come right out and say, <laughs> "I wrap my pillow around my dick." And I bring myself to climax? I'm saying you'd figure out a way to rhyme it. <laughs> I, I do have a poem. I do have a poem entitled, I Wrap My Pillow Around My Dick and why, Bring Myself to Climax. Why did you write two poems? Why did you write one that leaves it up to the imagination if you're also going to write the one that just comes right out and says it? I'm trying to publish a book and I need stuff to fill all the pages. That's right. That's how, that's just something you do. It's amazing the things what you don't understand. What is it with understand. you guys? There's no there's no quota for pages. You don't have to have a certain amount of pages. It would be humiliating to publish a book that was under 390 pages long for a cowboy. For a cowboy would be maybe City Slickers put out a new villas. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I don't even know. I don't even know. A sl- it's a slender volume. So, so far, I got 14 pages. Okay. And I'm trying to get it higher. Bartleby, how old? You've got 14 pages. You've already read. You've got two versions of the same poem? No, they're different poems. They sound pretty different to me, Russell. Well, the ones, uh, my best friend is my pillow, and sure. then the other ones, I wrap my pillow around my dick and jerk off. No, bring myself to climb. Bring myself to, forgive me. That sounds good. I have good. another one called, <laughs> yep. at night, I lay my head on my pillow. Beautiful. Yeah. And then what happens? N- nine of my poems are about my pillow. This seems already uh, perhaps too focused. Sometimes when I get... Saddled so I was out on the range. Sure. I'll strap my pillow across my s- saddle. Will you really? Oh. It's very comfortable. You sit on it. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's yep. That's beautiful. Sounds this is more like a pillow handbook than it does <laughs> a, a volume of poetry. Well, to each his own. Uh, yep, that's true enough. What does does your pillow have a name? <laughs> it's just a pillow. Really? I mean, it's my best friend. How long has this pillow been with you? <laughs> Oh, I'd say over a quarter century now. Over a quarter century with the same pillow. You need a new pillow. It's very flat. (laughs) But what do you do when you get rid of a pillow? Do you take it out and shoot it behind the bar? Throw it away. What are you talking about? Russell, that's very... That is incredibly insensitive. How would you like it if I said, throw away your wife? Oh, now, you... What? This I can't believe you brought that up again. Oh well, R- Russell's wife disappeared wife, thirteen years ago. She's missing, she's missing. She was abducted by very crafty kidnappers. Very crafty kidnappers, and they have uh, yet to issue a ransom demand. But oh. now, Russell, back to the point of his pillow. If it was time to say goodbye, you know, if let's imagine you were reunited, but it was time to say goodbye, you'd prefer to take her out behind the barn and shoot her than to throw her away. But, the, but she's a living person, and a pillow is a pillow. It sounds like she's dead. What? Oh. Oh. Oh no. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Sally, I can't allow myself to believe that for even a second. Okay. I have to. I have to believe that she's out there. Did you ever wrap your wife around your dick and bring yourself to climax? You mean have I had sexual intercourse with my wife? I see your wife and my pillow is very similar in some regards. Yep. Neither of them have names, as far as we know. <laughs> My wife's name is Joan. Oh, okay. Call She's not untitled. Oh. <laughs> All right. I have a poem called Untitled. Yes, you just read it for us. <laughs> you did. But then I won't read it again. Bar- Bartleby, it seems like uh, there isn't really, really any tips we can give you on this poem because... <laughs> Should I read it again? No, that's fine. Because it seems like almost any, you, you, you've covered it in other poems. You've covered yeah. every other aspect of Ooh, this pillow in other okay. poems. <laughs> All right. right? Well, if I had to give a tip, I'd All say right. maybe try a different subject for a poem. I don't see how that's a tip for him with this poem here. Fair See enough. what I'm saying? Okay. Fair enough. Write a different poem, you're saying. Maybe about a blanket. Ooh. Yeah. I do have one of those. My only tip we're would not, be give, not close. give this pillow a name. I would, I'd love, I'd, you know, give the pillow a name. Oh, all right. Yeah. Preferably not Joan. <laughs> well, I feel like no, I if I give it a name, that's going to make it even more difficult. When it's time to say to goodbye. Get rid of it, yes. Maybe you should try smothering it with a new pillow. <laughs> that has a certain logic to it. When it's time to say goodbye to your untitled pillow, you'll smother it with your new pillow. I think that's quite beautiful. Yes. And Circle think, of life. Yeah. You know, my wife passed away. I don't want to get into it. Oh, I'm sorry. She was too fat to get out of bed. <laughs> That's very sad. It's very sad. And she passed away. But she probably would have preferred, rather than the way she did go out, which was quite grisly, to be smothered by my new wife. You know what I'm saying? Just I as I understand. your old pillow would be smothered by your new pillow, taking its place. By choice. Yeah, uh-huh. I'll bet you my wife would have preferred to have been smothered by my new girlfriend. How did, Anyhow. How did your wife die, Dalton? Well, very 
very unfortunately, she turned into a werewolf. Oh, oh my. Oh, no. And had to be dispatched with, oh, no. with a silver bullet. So she was a morbidly obese werewolf. But you felt you had to, quote-unquote, take Let's care be of. clear. She was simply too fat to get out of bed. Oh, my. I do apologize. All right. I don't mean to slander your wife. Could not get out of bed. And it must have been that a werewolf came into the room and bit her just like that. And, you know, because around She couldn't a, get away. She was not able to escape. That's not her fault. No. She couldn't escape. So, Did she you know, turn into a wolf in front of you? Uh, let me think about that. <laughs> yeah, really think about it. Because I have I a don't, follow-up I don't, I don't think that I did, ever did actually see her uh, on a full moon night. Because if I knew a full moon was coming, I'd lock the door, you know, because I don't want to get out of there. But yeah, And I'd live with her like that for quite a while. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> With a werewolf who every full, every moon, full moon would turn was... into a, a wolf, which was also too fat to get out of bed, thank God. Wait, so so you 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 carried on in your marriage knowing that she was a werewolf? Because I loved her. For how long? Oh, uh, gosh. It must have been over a week. Now, That's what were the... That's actually not that long. That's not that long. Well, Seven to days. be married to a werewolf. Yeah, well, that's... You've got me there. Let me ask you this. All what right. were the signs that she displayed that you knew she was a werewolf? Well, uh, she had a, an extraordinary appetite. And... Uh, <laughs> Which is a sign of being a werewolf, I didn't but know also mainly were known for their appetite. Sure, that well, that's why they're out there at night stalking the, the, the planes and eating people. But also, it was mainly that she just denied it so vociferously, and that's it. Uh, so what? So vociferously. What? She vociferously denied being a vampire. What? Yeah. What does that mean? Vociferously. I learned that word from my defense attorney at the trial. Oh. And uh, and it, you know anyway. I didn't want to talk about it. You know, it's it's sad. It's very sad. And I only wish... I, sometimes I feel responsible. I wish I'd fed her less. I wish I'd put a lock on the window. Anyway, she is gone and, uh, and will be missed. But I, I do wish I'd had the opportunity to smother her with my girlfriend. All right. Well, Bartleby, thank you so much. Thank you. For that marvelous poem. Sally, thank you so much for that poem. Thank you. Uh, and I, don't get, I don't get to do a poem? I don't feel like I got oh, a lot of great a- feedback from you all. Well, that, that All just I was means told you're... was to write a different poem. Yeah. I got one. Are there hills in Iowa? Oh, I, I, no. Okay, you might want to <laughs> fix that. No, I I just needed to use a place that fit the meter. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, then, fair enough. Yeah, they... did, you, did you have a poem, Russell? Uh, I could come up with one. Oh, no, that's not how it works. Uh, oh. No, all right, go ahead. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> Psychopaths, murderers, running around, telling their poems, putting people into the ground, publishing books that no one will buy. (laughs) Who is to blame? Certainly not I. Why am I beset by this crazy old man? He lies about my wife. I do what I can. The end. Look, you get points for coming up with that on the spot. That was that was off the dome. That was uh, not from the tank. Yep. Well, very that impressive. Sounded to me more like that hip hop music than a <gasps> like Fly poem. Girls dance too. Sure. Yeah, garbage. That is pure garbage, <laughs> right out of the sludge pit. That hip hop music. <laughs> Tell you that right now. What is it about hip hop music that you don't care for? Well, 
Listen. There's three races on the planet. Oh. You don't want to get into it? If you don't want to get into Perhaps it, we not. won't. All right, fine. But I just don't care for the music. Then let's say that. Let's just say that. It's let's the music I don't there. care for. Let's leave it there. Fine. Different strokes for different folks. Chinese are fine, in my opinion. They laid oh. the railroad. All right. Let's All right. leave it there. Fine. Anyhow, getting to the subject of your poem. Certainly. I welcome your feedback. It's a pack of lies. All right. And it's, uh, I feel that there was veiled hostility toward me in that poem. I don't know how you're reading that into it. Well, I bet. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, it's, it's a, a poetry's open to uh, interpretation. Okay, all so it's right. Up to the reader to see what they uh, they might see of themselves in, in each poem. Isn't that right, Bottleby? I'm sorry. I was thinking about something else. As is your right. And I wish I would have been thinking about something else when you were reciting that poem, because it, uh, if, in fact, you did intend it to be about me, then it was a pack of lies. If there's some, some fictitious character out there that you were making that poem about... Who's to say? Okay, good. Well, then I feel sorry for that person that his publisher thinks nobody's going to read his book. I, and I, that explains why you can't find it at B. Dalton. I, I found his poem distractingly vague from the first line. I see. Psychopaths, murderers... Running around. Where are they running? Right. Yeah. Where, Where are, are they, they running? Going? Where are they going? Yeah. Good. How fast are they running? Yeah. Do they have sneakers on? Right. None of these, these are questions good, were answered. Good point. Here's, here's a verse for you, Bottleby. Uh, it's a little postscript. And then I went to Bed Bath & Beyond and had an orgy. Uh, uh, you said that with yeah, such... Vigor, so vociferously. Russell, I want to remind you, this is the grandfather of cowboy poetry. Now I know. All right, a little bit of respect. My, my one tip apologize. is the part where it says, who's to blame? Not I. I would change that to, who's to blame? Russell Shine, publisher of books, and incompetent. It sort of uh, it doesn't really fit the meter, does it? I, was there a meter there? Anyways... <laughs> Thank you for participating in our Cowboy Poetry Workshop and for bringing some city slicking to the proceedings, as you always do. Uh, otherwise, it was a very enjoyable time. Yeah. Uh, as we do at the end of every Cowboy Poetry Workshop, please turn off the campfire. <laughs> and uh, that will conclude Tradition. it. Thank, thank you so much. We're going to go to another commercial break, and when we come back, God damn it. Folks, you're in for a real treat. The journeymen are going to be here. They're going to play some songs live. We're going to interview them, and it's just going to be fun and wonderful. I can't wait. It's going to be good. All right. Uh, Commercials. Hey, I'm Hari Kundabolu. And I'm Ashok Kundabolu. We're the Kundabolu Brothers, and we're excited to tell you about our new podcast on Earwolf, Kundabolu Brothers Podcast. It's a live podcast where we discuss some of the harder issues of the day. You will be witnessing two brothers talking to each other and occasionally acknowledging the audience. We discuss such topics as World War I, Keenan Thompson, pizza. We're excited for you to listen to Kundabolu Brothers every Thursday on Earwolf. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Hot damn, we are back from commercial, and here it is, folks. Uh, I'll be honest with you, the whole show up to now is pretty much just filling time to get to this. This is the most exciting thing that's happened to me in a long time. I am joined here in the studio by Shunt McGuppin. How you doing? 
Mutt Taylor. I'm fine. Cubby Lauderborn. Hello. Jimmy Blades. Thanks ladies, for asking. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, they are known together as the Journeymen. Hello, boys. <laughs> How's it going? There. It's nice to see you. Man, oh, man, it's good to see you guys. Now, a lot of folks out there, it makes me angry to say it. Russell, you're probably one of them. I'll ask you right now, Russell. Are you yeah. familiar with the Journeymen? Uh, I've heard of them, yes. Oh, you have. Okay. But do you, you don't do you, I'll, uh, get, don't punch him when he answers this question. I haven't even heard of him. This is yeah. Well, that's true. Well, I'm true. not a yeah. I'm just a, a book publisher. He's a I'm book not, publisher and he's not very good at it. Can I let me? Not, do you guys not very good at making miracles happen? <laughs> no, you're not. You are not. That should that's be right. on your business card. That's right. I can't make people like a book that they don't like. Russell Shine, not very good at making miracles happen. Sure. That would be nice to have Maybe that. Maybe too there. long for a card. Well, I doubt it. You'd probably fit that on there. Do you, how many Journeyman albums are in your collection? Uh, I'm sorry to say zero. Yeah. I, I am not a big uh, country and western fan, and so oh. no, I don't have any. Um, don't have any journeyman albums. Yeah. All right. Don't punch him now. <laughs> this guy's gritting his teeth with extreme prejudice. Yep. And you see no vampire fangs on that man. He has not a single journeyman album oh, in his oh, collection. Oh, 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 oh. Have you given these guys the mirror test? Yeah, we've all been in front of the mirror. Okay, so you know for sure no one here is a vampire. No one here is a vampire. No one here crawled out of a black lagoon. <laughs> I'm actually a mirror. Look, I'm standing in the corner. What you're looking at is my reflection. Oh, how did you? That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, that, on my birth certificate, I, my name is Black Magoon. Black Magoon. Black Magoon. Black Magoon. Sounds like a black thing. You know, I never even thought to be frightened of creatures from the Black Lagoon, but now you mention it. I wish I hadn't said I, I got to come up with a test. Oh, there were lagoon creatures all over the place in the swamp. <laughs> Is that right? My house. Down where you grew up, you had a lot of lagoon creatures down there? A lot of lagoon creatures. Terrifying. Well, they'd come out and steal. If you were wearing a white bathing suit, which they stopped selling finally, uh, if you were wearing a white bathing suit with like a... Coney boobies. Uh huh. It, it, it'd come right That's out what draws them out of the water. It's, takes it's, a white baby it's like a waving a red cape in front of a bull. Yep. Goddamn. How many goddamn white bathing suits they sell down there before somebody finally said, get them out of the stores? Well, at least 12. Yep. Well, oh, that's a sad story right there. Stay away from, stay away from, you know, just to be on the safe side, stay away from Black Lagoons, folks. That would be my public service announcement. Anyhow, uh, you guys have um, been out there making great goddamn music for a long time out there on the range. As I said earlier in the podcast, in my opinion, country western music is the official music of the West. And, uh, and, and I love it. God knows I've loved it all my life. And uh, I guess I'd love to hear a little bit about how you come together and um, how, you, how you found each other. Because it's, it's – talk about making miracles. You guys coming together like that is, it has to be the hand of God. That's you precisely feel that way? right. I do. Yeah, yeah, that's how it happened. Because uh, uh, Cubby was playing in a band called The Hand of God. Okay, Cubby, so, you briefly in gospel band. That was a that was a gospel band. I briefly played in gospel band. Okay. By the way, we have four different separate registers, and our first band was called the Four Registers of the Apocalypse. It was sort of a country western barbershop where we'd hit different tones. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That was the first can, band you guys were in. Can you give us a little taste of that? What would that you sound bet. like? You bet. You just use the words ice cream. <clears throat> oh, fine. Ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. That was our big hit. That's the uh, man from, from the man. album Ice Cream Songs That Sound Like You're in an Elevator. 
Wowie, that was fantastic. I'll bet you right now people are running to the icebox and getting themselves some ice cream based on hearing that. But boy, that made ice cream sound better than it's ever sounded. And to me, ice cream always sounds good. You ever not in the mood for ice cream? Anybody here ever not in the mood for ice cream? Oh, I'm always in the mood. No, I'll eat ice cream if I'm buck naked or in my best bib and tucker, I'll tell you that much. Uh, do, they, do they eat a lot of ice cream out there on the range? No, sadly, they do not. <laughs> you get more ice cream up in space than you can on the range because there's no way to keep it cold. That's the problem. I don't know why they're spending money on refrigeration in space. Yeah, freeze-dried up top, melting wet down below. Yeah, like here, here. Dippin' Dots. The ice cream of astronauts. It's just little balls of freeze-dried ice cream. Yep. You know what I'm saying. Yep. And you eat it. Cowboys have a great affinity with the space, in my opinion. <laughs> they we, really do. Well, because you're we get, out there on the range, you're looking at it. That's precisely right. At nighttime, you'd see the stars in the way that other people, city slickers. Russell, you ever seen a star? <laughs> yeah, I, I did one time. It was <laughs> magical. Uh-huh. Russell here is a city slicker. Did I introduce him at the top of this segment to you guys? He's an incompetent. Uh, oh yeah, I did. Incompetent publisher of books. Uh, can I? Let me ask you guys: Are there journeyman albums available at B. Dalton's? <laughs> can you find them there? I'll tell you what. No, because yep. only reason no, I was doing an in-store at B. Dalton not long ago. They didn't uh-huh. have them there, but we do have a section at Crown Books. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. a whole section. Uh huh. Oh boy, it's I about, that. But what, like? Nine inches by eight inches. It's the section. The journeyman section? Journeyman Nine section. by eight. Any chance I can get a nine by eight section for my book at Crown Books, uh, Russell? Let me see if I can uh, get you a deal at Sam Goody. Okay, fine. I'm, listen, that would be a step up from where we are now. I have never heard, literally never heard from one person who found my book anywhere. <laughs> Not one time. Nowhere. What was the title of that again? Great question. My book is called You Must Buy Your Wife At Least As Much Jewelry As You Buy Your Horse and Other Poems and Observations, Humorous and Otherwise, From a Life on the Range. Not all of the poems and observations are humorous, okay? Do you think people didn't buy the book because they read the title and felt like they'd read a book already? That's a rude question. Okay, I'm going to classify that under the category of rude questions. It sounded loaded. That, right? It did, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, he, that's been the, he's been playing that all day. Is like, it as rude as, would you come down here to the studio? We have information on your missing wife. I don't know that it was put quite that way. I think I told him he better get down here. He has, I'll, uh, he, uh, in fairness, he's here under false pretenses, and he's been a real good sport. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell him uh, I had information about his wife who disappeared. <laughs> Get him down here, and I do not have information, as a matter of fact. Quite the opposite. I am confounded by the story of her disappearance. Anyhow, uh, so you guys came together as the four registers of the apocalypse. That's correct. Yep. And you sang, you put out a whole album all about ice cream. Yeah, it didn't sell. No, is that right? Not very well. I'll tell you what. This is too late. It's late in the game, but I would have had it as a point of purchase item at ice cream shops. You know what I'm saying? We'll see. That's Put what it up we there thought. by the register. Yeah, we thought we'd uh, we went and we pitched it to uh, to the Mister uh, Mister OK Bar people. The what now? The Mister OK Bar ice cream family. Okay, they're uh, I think they're Lithuanian, but they're. Uh, it's, well, they uh, would they yeah. would switch ethnicities. Remember, as as so as the then, borders switched yeah. when and then when communism took over, fuck it, it was all over with. Yeah. But they, uh, I they, see. 
uh, the, they had to redesignate themselves as either Lithuanians or communists or Slavs. Sure. Or, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Pecans. Yep. It's a problem. So uh, we talked to Daniel, uh, Mr. Radcliffe. Okay Bar, Radcliffe, Dan, oh, Mr. Okay Bar. Mm-hmm. Huh? That's who you spoke to. Daniel and Radcliffe were two brothers that ran the company. Okay, and the family name is Okay Bar. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they're pissed at the good bar people. Sure, yeah. If you didn't get that before. <laughs> no, I got it. I, I lived yep. that story, and I'm just now getting it. Do you, you didn't figure out no, by now that OK did. Bar was in competition with good bars? Never once. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they're always going to lose. I've, I spent a good 16 years in a sensory deprivation chamber, though. Is that right? That's true. That's why 16. we never put out an album. In those 16 years? Yeah. What what'd you do in there now? I, literally nothing. I don't know how else to tell it. Like I, that's nothing metaphorical about. Okay, but how'd you keep yourself busy for those sixteen years? I'm what? telling you, friend, I couldn't even move. I was floating in a salt water solution. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What'd you get done? <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. How do I? Uh... Imagine, I mean, who'd you talk to? Well, no one, because there's there's only a, a, a surface in front of you, like a closed... Imagine a coffin, but you're floating in it and can't hear a thing. I don't think you're getting what he's asking. Okay. What did you do? I, well, <laughs> I, d- I did some ships in a bottle. I, I, I made some ships in a bottle. Did there you? you? Go. Yeah. What'd you listen to? Uh, our ice cream elevator. I'm trying to ignore... For the moment that you just told me you spent 16 years in a coffin like a vampire would. No, no. <laughs> hey, take it easy, friend. All oh, right. that's what they say. <laughs> Russell, that's what they say. It has been established that's what they say. <laughs> Vampires was, very often say very take it easy, friend. At the very top, they say take it We're easy. We're going to redo the mirror test before too long, and we'll make sure you're not a vampire. <laughs> well, I don't mind looking in the mirror because I like to get good look at my pompadour, complete with widow's peak hairdo. Here, here, it is beautiful. How long did it take you to get your hair going every day like that? Well, just to just kind of come out of my sensory deprivation chamber, yep. hiding from the sunlight, and yep. uh, come out that hiding way. Hiding from the sunlight. Sure. Gee whiz. To get a mirror in here. Well, uh, so you're in uh, religious bands for a while there, Cubby. That's all I could get into. That's all you could get into? Yeah. Because they'll just about take anybody, I suppose. That's what I reckon, I guess. <laughs> I reckon they would. Because, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I played around a whole bunch of bands. I wonder how you do that. If you're in a Christian band and somebody wants to be in the band and you don't want them in it, you got to take them, don't you? <laughs> Sure do. You that's, do. You can't say no. That's a that's a golden rule. Because you say, what would Jesus do with this guy that got it's terrible on bass? He'd let him play bass. He'd help him out. He'd help him out. Yeah. That's a real problem for Christian bands, and maybe that's why they're not as Lousy. popular as well. Well, not as popular <laughs> as as other forms of music. That plus all the preaching. <laughs> Preachy has never been used as a compliment. Uh, do you think? Do you think that uh, preachers ever use it to describe one another? Like, oh, he's pretty preachy. It's good. I like it. <laughs> Maybe they do. I guess they do. Maybe they do in that world. Maybe like uh, if they're having the 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 sort of sermon uh, workshops, uh-huh. um, they say, you know, what could be preachier? Yep. Yeah. It was, it was preachy, but it could be preachier. I wish that speech was preachier. Yeah, they probably do throw that around. I guess I guess you may be right. Preachy Keen is what they say. Oh, Preachy oh, Keen. Hello, that's Jimmy Blades. Yeah, hi. Jimmy Blades, uh, they, they, they say your sermon was Preachy Keen? 
That's what they say. Okay. You know, yeah, my daddy knew a, a, a reverend uh-huh. who would often say that. He'd yeah. say preachy keen, and he was fond of any religious pun. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. Now, Jimmy, tell us about yourself there. You grew up in the hills well, now, of Iowa. Hold on a second. What? I'd love to hear some more of these religious puns. Okay, sure. Yeah, why not? After all, your father sounds like he had a compendium of them. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, my daddy was uh, somewhat of a... Uh, Jokester. Oh, uh-huh. and he belonged to a group that did jokes off the cuff. Oh, I see. And it was a yeah, it was a uh, religious group. They it was called the Laugh Supper. The Laugh Supper. That's right. God that was the group. damn! <laughs> That's all I need to hear. Where I get me a ticket to that? The Laugh Supper. The Laugh Supper. They did every Saturday night. Oh uh, boy! Yeah, and and my daddy was the was the leader, yeah. and he said, you know, we always must say yes. Whatever uh, religious uh, sort of pun was put out there, okay, never right. laugh at them, never put them down. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, except everything that comes toward you. Except everything that comes toward you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, that was what uh, you know. My daddy was known for around the Tri County area in Southern Iowa, where I grew up. Is that right? That's right. Have you heard "Quit Squirming" during the sermon? No, I haven't they heard made, it. What's that? That was a novelty record. They made that a novelty record. Yeah. Is that right? Your dad oh. was one of the guys behind Quit Squirming During the Sermon? My daddy. I've heard that song. Have you really? Yeah. Quit Squirming During the Sermon. Do, 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 do. Right? Is that the one? That's, Pretty good. That's the one, but it was all sped up. He got one of them reel to reels. Oh, like Alvin He's, and the Chipmunks? Who? Alvin and the Chipmunks. I've never I heard not, of them. Who, have not heard of that. You haven't heard of Alvin and the Chipmunks? Is that country western band? No, they were. <laughs> Honest to God, these were goddamn chipmunks. That Get out of here. I'm telling you, they were gifted with the gift of speech, and <laughs> not just speech, but song. And for a time in the, what was it, Russell, the 50s or so, that they were popular, and they had the popular recordings. And now, do they qualify as monsters? They were monsters, your, yeah. Because they're animals that, uh, that uh, are capable of human speech. Yeah. So if, if, you, if you had encountered them, you would have destroyed them. Well, it's up for grabs whether they were benign monsters or dangerous monsters. Uh, they did bring the world a lot of music. Who were the benign monsters? I didn't. This is a new wrinkle for me. I never heard benign you talk about benign monsters. They were a gospel band out of Tuscaloosa, I believe. The <laughs> benign monsters. Yeah. The benign monsters. Yeah, and those are. I mean, they're monsters, clear and simple. But you don't need to fear them. And uh, you know, also rocks are considered benign monsters. Rocks are wherever you find them. Uh, so like a lizard would be like a benign monster. Depends on the lizard, my friend. <laughs> well, you got a point. Some some lizards are city slicker. What's the opposite of benign? Uh, mean. Okay, some lizards are mean. You run into. I know you guys must have run into some mean lizards in your travels. I uh, I ran into a malignant lizard. Lizard. <laughs> a malignant lizard. Uh, she was a prostitute. Oh, I see. Yeah, we just called her Millie. Oh, yeah. But malignant misery. I've been with some great prostitutes over the years. Yeah, one leg. You guys have to. What's that? One, one leg? One leg. Yeah. Yeah. Some good prostitutes out there. Tell me about Well, now. Well, I, I believe we're living in the golden age of prostitutes. <laughs> I do. I, I do I, agree with that. I kind Wouldn't of feel you that yeah. same way. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the quality of them has gone up, and the quantity, the quantity may be down, but I believe that the quality has only well, gone up and up. Now, they're kind of pretty. Right, that's what they, I'm saying. They, they, I remember when I was a boy, they, they just weren't that pretty. I think it has to do with uh, the availability of hair dyes on the market <laughs> and uh, various improvement in wigs. Yep, wigs are wigs. Uh, this is a golden age of wigs as well. 
and of lipstick and there's more shades available now than ever before. Oh, lipstick. I thought you What'd said you think lipstick. Of What's a flipstick? That's what I was going to see. No. So you're saying the, the, the quantity's gone down, but the quality's gone up. That's what I believe is So happened. it's the opposite of podcasts. Well, that was Ooh, a, quite a commentary. He just doesn't give you a minute. He popped he? right in there just and just... Digging it. That right was a knife that. right to the ribs. <laughs> Where'd you find this fella? I'll you tell you, where'd I find him? I thought his name, not only did I think his first name was Russell with a T, I thought his last name was Shine, S-H-I-N-E, like shine up your boots. How do you spell it, though, in reality, Russell? It's S-H-E-I-N. Gee whiz. Oh, Jesus. You know, and I, if I had known, if I had seen a business card, whether it said anything about miracles or not, I would have seen that your name was not Russell as in Russell up some cattle, shine as in shine up your shoes, and I would have gone elsewhere for my publishing needs. I, are you familiar with Russell Brand? That, Who's that? that? seems like a guy who would be right up your alley. Is it R-U-S-T-L-E? It is not. Oh. But Brand is spelled the way you like. Brand, like a branding iron. Exactly. I wish I'd had him publish my book. Is it too late? Oh, no, it's not too late. Maybe he could publish the various inserts that I'm putting in there. It's a 398-page book currently, but just in the course of this podcast, I've come up with three more pages to add to it, and I'm going to slip them in there to every existing copy, which, how many is that, by the way, Russell? How many was the first printing? First printing was 1,000 books. 1,000 books. Okay. And of those, I dare not even ask, how many have been sold Sold properly, or how many advanced copies have been given out to reviewers? I mean, if we're talking that's about... A, that's an infuriating question would, right there. Uh, I don't need reviews. Uh, all right. It's good that you didn't get any then. Yeah, I did. nobody reviewed it, as far as I'm aware. Not a single person. God damn. Unbelievable. How many have been sold? Zero. Zero. God damn it! God damn, zero! Zero books have been sold! That is outrageous. What would you guys do if somebody told you if zero records, zero copies of your latest record have been sold? How did how did we react to that? Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. we just we just kind of had a drink. You I, wanna, you I took drink. the albums and made a stair step formation out of them for my kids' slinky. Oh, really? Yeah. I use them as coasters. Because you live out on a ranch, correct? That's correct. I, I do. I live in the high deserts. Yep. Of Oregon. Now that's a real. Problem for children who live in ranch-style houses. They've got nothing for the slinky to to climb down. That's true, and that's yeah, yeah. That's that's a sad story. Other problem with children on a ranch is they go lost a lot. Oh, they just wander off. Yeah, has that happened to you there, Mutt? Sure. How many children have you lost that way? How many children do you want? <laughs> now listen. I, uh, I live in the high deserts of Oregon near the Three Sisters Mountains, and you go through the valley to the river of the children of six genders. And that's that's a, a Red Indian name for what they used to call it. And, uh, yep. I, so uh, part of it, I think, is the lore that is the attraction to the child. They're drawn to the valley. And uh, the other part is just the, just the continual landslides and coyotes. Oh, <laughs> So it's a continual coyote situation. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. and well, the uh, landslides bring the coyotes. That's and for her, and, that's and for what brings the coyotes and mm-hmm. children is the uh, you you get, like the community sets up the candy bushes out there. The OK bar. Yeah, the yeah. OK bar. They set up candy bushes. And these are bushes made out of candy, or yes. can, or bushes decorated with candy, with on candy, them. candy on them. Because you can't grow candy. Can now you the grow? community sets them up. 
You can. I think you can probably grow certain kinds of candy. You can't get, grow get a confirmation candy. on that, no, Russell. Why do I even ask him? He doesn't know nothing. Uh, yeah, so you I'll can also, grow candy. If he's saying you can, I'm saying you can. How yeah. is the city slicker an ag- agriculture expert all of a sudden? I, as far as I know from basic science, you can't grow candy. I'm well, assuming that a publisher of books from time to time will read a goddamn book. Well, you, you're thinking you, you drop a Werther's original in the ground and then a, a Werther's tree springs up? How Have else you tried do you get them? How else do you get them? Where does an apple made in come a factory. from? Apples come from trees, and where there's originals are made in a factory. Oh, what about a, a cotton candy bush? The, Top that. See, your problem gonna... with you is you've got an answer for everything. Yeah, here, here. Okay? And if you're going to answer things, you need to ask a question once in a while. And all I hear is answers, never questions. Mutt Taylor, you're okay, taking him down. Then here's taking a que- him down. Here's a question. Yeah. Uh, hands right. up. How many people here have been to school ever? Well, that... What do you consider Was a that school, an answer? my friend? Like, see, you know, he's not even bright enough to realize we're on the radio. Nobody can see her hands. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. A French word. <laughs> God damn. I wouldn't have been angry unless you told me that's what it was. Now I'm angry. I didn't uh, even know. Was, I yep. never heard you that angry before. <sighs> yep. Well, Russell. <laughs> we'll call him. The range. Rattling. Is a school. You understand? Yeah. yeah, I get it. You learn more out on the range than you ever learned in some fancy college. Where'd you go, Harvard? I went to New York University. Oh, Jesus even worse. Yes. I mean, that Christ. that college is literally in New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't get more city slicking than that, man. Oh, man. Our goal for this podcast, by the way, was to was to turn Russell into a, a no longer a city slicker. I'd say it ain't working. Like a man, you trying to turn him into a man. man. The goal was to turn him into from a city slicker to a man. Hard to do. Hard to do. <laughs> Real hard to do. I, I mean, I don't think he'd be able to find manhood because he ain't got a GPS for it. Oh. Jesus, God wept almighty. I mean, fruitcakes and dipsticks. That's a song. Yeah. That's G- a song. Let's hear it, Sean. Jesus, God wept almighty, oh. and he named you a naked peach tree. Is there something on your mustache named a little pickle? Are you looking for a way to tempt me? That is unbelievable. You hear that in the city? Huh? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't heard that in the city. <laughs> right. Case they don't play it in the city, do they? No. Don't believe so. What happens if somebody plays a country western song in the city? <laughs> what do you mean, what happens? What happens? <laughs> like, do people's eyes start to melt? No, there's plenty of people in the city that listen to country and western music. Plenty. It's a very popular genre of music. I don't care for it myself, but there's plenty of people to listen to. What do you guys feel could make it more popular, country western music? Yeah, I, is there anything there's a, that could make country western music more pervasive in our society today? Well, the problem I'm trying to address is that there are other forms of music, and I hear it. You know, I I hear it coming out of people's car stereos and things like that. And my opinion is, we don't need them. And I'd like to, you know. Listen, there's only, I'm sorry to interrupt, there's only two, I've said this before, there's only two styles of music. Okay. There's country, Yep. and then you got your fusion jazz. (laughs) I see what you're saying. We allow him that one exception, because he does great work, in both both genres. Are you saying you you like fusion jazz? Love it. Oh, I thought what (laughs) you were saying is that there's country music, and then everything else that ever gets recorded that isn't country music can be lumped into the category of fusion jazz, which I think you might have an argument for. That's what I was kind of thinking, too. That's not what you were saying. You're saying that there's two good kinds of music, country and fusion jazz? Very good types of music. 
country well, and fusion jazz, and I'll go along with what you said. Every other type of music can fit into that. But I love I, I love fusion jazz. You got your Spira Gyra. Uh, I, now, I love which that. one is that? Is that country or a fusion Jay jazz? Jay Beckenstein oh, on okay. the soprano sax is just beautiful. Gee whiz. Well, that makes me want to kill someone. Uh, and I might. But uh, not now, because I'm surrounded by friends, mostly. <laughs> the journeymen are here, folks. Uh, Maybe you should investigate, see if uh, Chick Corea is a Jersey Devil. <laughs> Maybe you'd have cause to kill him. I never even thought to be fearful of Jersey Devils or creatures from Black Lagoons. I'm, there's more monsters out Add there. Add them to your list. I don't know why I'm giving you imagine. more. I don't know why I'm giving you more ideas for people to kill. Because I'm I'm a potential cash cow for you as a publisher, and you want to protect me. I think that's what's going on. Well, anyway, uh, what have we learned here? You can't get my goddamn book at B. Dalton's or anywhere else. <laughs> Cubby came through the religious music. Yeah. Get a candy tree going if you. Work hard. Yeah, you can. <laughs> children. So many children have disappeared out there in the high desert. Well, I just got a text that they're all okay. What? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Just now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah. And we also learned that Jimmy Blades has good taste in music and murdering taste in music. Both at the same time. Well, I think, uh, I feel that unless you guys have anything else to add, we'll get right to the goddamn music. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's, uh, let's get to the You guys feel ready to play a song? I'm what, ready to perform. What song are we going to hear first? This is exciting. Now, is this a song off of the uh, the new album, Mount Us More? Yes. And Mount so. Us More, from what I understand, listen up, Russell, uh-huh. is, is available on some internet? <laughs> some of it. Some, some of, of it. it. How does it work? <laughs> You can go to Bandcamp.com and search The Journeyman. You can go to iTunes. How come, how come my book isn't on Bandcamp.com or iTunes? Because it's a book. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. We're on Amazon. Yeah, they sell everything. Answers. Always got answers. Yep. Was everything that the problem? Except my book, as far as I know. So anyway, Mount Us More, you listen, get listen, it. Listen, listen, listen. All right. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to derail anything. Fine. There's a difference between your book not being available yes. and people wanting it. It's available all sorts of places. <laughs> I don't know what that, I don't even know. never saw it there. See that? He's talking in circles. He's yeah. talking around in yeah. circles. What do you mean? He it's available, but people aren't interested in it? That's literally impossible. Silver tongue. That could not. Yeah, silver tongue is exactly Maybe right. Maybe he's your silver yeah. tongue Jersey devil. Right. He, oh, I wonder. You ever <laughs> been to New Jersey? <laughs> I don't even know what a Jersey devil is. I, I want to find out. Use the mirror test. Can, can, the, the, can the Jersey Devil see himself in the mirror? Uh, nobody it. likes to scratch it. I doubt it. Well, we're going to find that out, because that sounds right to me. Does the Jersey Devil have a silver tongue? Probably. God Shit, damn. it lives in Dur- Jersey. Oh. I almost said Jersey, but that's in Australia. Here, here. Is that where the Mizzard lives? <laughs> the malignant Mizzard? That was a prostitute, right? and she was in Amsterdam, just so you know. We're going to find us some prostitutes when we're done here, by the way. Yeah. I think we should. Yeah. There's a pink right? RV outside, and I'm pretty sure there's only one thing inside it. I'll tell you right now, I shouldn't mention this because I'm trying to be a respectable author, but I do have some girls out on a boat. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this, wait a minute, is this, uh, you keep them there as a, is this trafficking? Oh, human. listen. 
They are out on international waters where it's my understanding that nobody has jurisdiction and do whatever you want, and that the draw of it is you do whatever you want. Well, you answered my second question then. So yeah. Can you do whatever you want? Yeah, that's oh, what That's answered. the only other country I feel like going to. You know? <laughs> I, damn, I know. <laughs> it's either America or international waters for me. Yeah. All right. Well, boys, with that, I think we're ready to hear a song. What song are you going to play first? Uh, why am I still here? Why am I still here, boy? I can't wait. Okay, here we go. This is Why Am I Still Here by The Journeyman. One, two, three. I bought you some flowers and you just looked at me. I bought you some earrings and you just went to sleep. Said, let's go to Vegas. But you don't gamble or drink. With all this passion whirling around, it kind of made me think. You don't like to fuck me, so why am I still here? But getting you to give me some loving is like getting me to give up beer. You don't like to fuck me. So I guess I'll just get on home I told you once I won't tell you again Being with you is like being alone I read books on making love And books on a psyche of women We were wandering around in the desert of love When we needed an oasis to swim in I packed my bags but your attention Simply could not be bought so I thought I'd write you this here song And let you know some of my thoughts You don't like to fuck me So why am I still here? Getting you to give me some loving Is like getting me to give up beer You don't like to fuck me So I guess I'll just get on home I told you once I won't tell you again Being with you is like being alone Eating s'mores and kissing whores And knocking over discount liquor stores I talked to a preacher and I talked to a nun They said, you son of a bitch, you're a son of a gun Yeah You guys, my mic on now? A live set from the goddamn journeyman. Man, oh man, that was fantastic. That was a thing of beauty. What's that song about? <laughs> uh, it was originally a Christmas tune. Oh, uh huh, uh huh. And then uh, just turned into something a little more personal. I did. Oh, boy. 
That is just fantastic. I love the words. I love the music. Now, if somebody tried to buy your album, Mount Us More, that song is not on it, right? No, that's on there. That song is on there? That song is on there. That song is on there. Yeah, it's on there. Boy. Can I ask a question? You got a question? Give him his microphone up. Yeah, may I have the microphone on? Oh, yeah. Um, You keep saying, Mount Us More. And I think that the title is a play on Mount Rushmore, unless I'm much mistaken. But looking at it written out, what are you it looks about? like Mount Usmore. And I understand that the uh, the thing you're supposed to infer is, you know, Mount Usmore. But these gentlemen want girls to mount them more. That's yeah, my understanding. Yes, about it. I understand. But I, I think that get on get on me and let you know for fucking right. I mean, that's what it is, right? Let's for Cubby? fucking. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> All right, I withdraw my question. Yeah. Cowboys don't uh, get in for plays on words about national monuments, my friend. That's something you need to learn. That's a straight up, girls. Come on over here. We're ready. I'm lying here. Get on top, right? But it, but it's the more. It's the more. Do you understand? It's you can't mount what about more that than is you've confusing. already mounted them. They, what? Yes, you can. They're not mounting us enough. What don't you understand? In all right, my, I, there we go. That's all I need to hear. For straight from the horse's mouth, if I may borrow uh, your, your quaint buckboard parlance. <laughs> You can borrow all the buckboard parlance you want. I got more than enough. Yeah, I got I got a girlfriend, for instance, who who mounts me, but not enough. I'll say to her, mount me more. And if I was it's more than one yeah. person, I'd it's say mount. It's us a shame more. you're not two people. Yeah, exactly. it sure is. It sure is. I'd love to be two people. Maybe I'll get. Maybe maybe my book would be twice as long, and you'd sell some. Being two people sounds monstrous, like a Jekyll and Hyde sort of thing. Oh man. I gotta look out for Jekyll and Hyde. You now. sure you're not a Mr. Hyde? Sometimes you do hear about a Jekyll and Hyde. What if you turned out to be a monster, Dalton? What would you do? If I turned out to be a monster? Yeah, if you turned out to be a monster, would you kill yourself? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. I would do what a monster does and not leave it up to somebody else to try and kill me, and good luck. Good goddamn luck. Because I'm hard to kill. Anyhow, uh, well, that was fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for that. And uh, there's no way I could possibly persuade you guys to play another song. No, 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 no. we couldn't buzz. Guys, yeah, I, I mean, buzz. Oh, wait. Oh, Cubby. Cubby says yes. Cubby says yes. <laughs> All right. If loving you is black, then baby, I don't want to be white. If wanting you is wrong, then maybe I'm not right, no sir You're my dark malt liquor, honey, I'm your white night cap Let me lay you down tonight for a long wet nap I'm doing double nickels down the floor to 44 there ain't no summon a bitch who loves you more If kissing you is queer than sunshine, I ain't whiskey straight Let's go get a girly drink and speculate You're my apple teeny sweetie, I'm your salty dog if needing you is drunk, then darling, I can't rhyme. I'm stepping sexy sixes down the Louisiana line. I'm hauling loads of ass to make you mine. 
hearted boy, sweet lover, you're my Nancy Drew. Let's go solve the mystery of the butt tattoo. I'm shooting several sevens down the Texas 22. I'm busting at the nut to get to you. I says I'm busting at the nut. Busting at the what? I'm dusting off my strut to get to you. Busting at that big ass mud. Ah, trusting good old mud to get to you. Beautiful, with a beautiful homage there to your humble beginnings as the ice cream boys. Yeah, yeah. The four horsemen of the ice cream, whatever it was, a long time ago we talked about that. That was just fantastic. Thank you. What a beautiful, beautiful song. Now, you know, there are only three races. and uh, what Yeah, I'm, I know I, all about is, that. Is, yeah. damn I don't sure. think you should, as What's a publisher, that? I don't think it's great to have that stuff out there. Is that right? Yeah. This is a song about tolerance. You think tolerance. there's more than three races? I, I, let's not, I don't think it's a good topic of discussion for this podcast. Fine, fine. We'll get into that next week when you're not here. That was outstanding. Absolutely beautiful in every way. Uh, is there a particular person that that, that song was? Uh... Yeah, no. Uh, I used to live. Uh, I was. I, I took up with a spice commune in the early seventies. Spice and, commune. Uh, I was uh, sharing a wigwam with an ebony gal, and uh, mm-hmm. so I I wrote this for her. And it's really about you know you can be, you can be black or, you can be. You can be gay. You can be black gay. Wow. You shouldn't be gay black, uh, and mm-hmm. no fatties. I think. Um, but though, but mm-hmm. other than that, I think most things. Now, th- th- in the past, I used to be intolerant, and then in and then I got tolerant. That's what this song is about. That's still in the past, but in this story, that's the present. Does that make sense? Nope. Uh, yeah. But parts of it do. My name's Mutt Taylor. Fine. Yeah, that was that was just a wonderful song, and it doesn't matter what it means. Uh, I I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was beautiful. Now again, that song. If people go and they buy Mount, here we go. Jesus Christ. This is this one's for you, Russell. If people mount instead of Rushmore, it's us more. Is that how you wanted to be said? I don't. I've, is that I, how you like? It? I, I got no dog in this fight. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, if you buy the album Mount Us More, yeah, no. you cannot. That song is not on there. Correct? It is on. No, what that, that song is on there too. Song is you can on get there. that song on there too. In Absolutely. addition to the one we just heard. Yeah, there are uh, eleven tracks on there. The the only eleven songs we've ever written. So there's just any song we could sing would be on there. There's no. Mistake. Is that right? Absolutely. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. That was a good sales technique, though. You like the Ron Popeil of the range. <laughs> Don't get that out there because I much prefer poet laureate. I much prefer to be known as the Port Lord of the Rains and the Ron Peel Lorry, and he's a great salesman, and if that were the case, I'd have more books sold. But I don't, god damn it. Well, that was outstanding, boys. Thank, thank you, you so much for playing that there. Thank you for having us on. Yeah. We're big fans of your show when it comes out. <laughs> well, you guys come back on every single episode of this thing if we're lucky <laughs> enough to get picked up to to be a regular podcast absolutely i think i speak for everyone when i say could you guys answer for me yeah i, I think we can do that i i want now yeah. where can i buy your book boy oh boy that is a great question russell 
You can buy the book in bookstores, all the usual places. You can buy it online. All you have to do is want to buy it. <laughs> that is your only impediment <laughs> so far that I know of. You make it sound like that's the obstacle here in terms of people not owning it is that they didn't want to buy it. It's just the only obstacle that comes to mind. Uh-huh. Right now. There's, so, no one, there's no one in the store that's uh, guarding the books. There's no uh, wild dogs roaming Barnes & Noble. Yet. How do you know? Yet, that's true. We don't live in Mad Max times quite uh, quite yet. But, so if uh, I were to go to Walden Books, I'd be able to pick that up. Walden, I, if you go into a Walden Books, I think, uh, first of all, congratulations on perfecting time travel technology. Uh, secondly, you can't because it hasn't been written yet. Let me ask you. <laughs> Certainly. I you're, you're bending, the you're, you are bending time. And that is not fair from an argument point of view to bend time. Do you, this is, a, this is the question that's going to tell us everything about who's right and who's wrong. <laughs> Do you know what the B stands for in B. Dalton? <laughs> Do you even know? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say... I don't know what the case closed, my friend. I'm right and you're wrong. That makes you feel better. You're a bad publisher of books. Doesn't even know what the B stands for. B Dalton. Of course, my book's not there. Do you know what what it stands for? I don't have to. I'm not a goddamn publisher of books. What what does the S stand for in Harry S. Truman? Something. No. Harry something Truman was the man's name. In fact, it doesn't. He did not have a middle name. He put that in there to make it seem more presidential. In a way, I'm right. Well, that was an absolute delight. I think we nailed it in every respect. <laughs> well, look, that's all the time we have time for, and that's a that's a thing to say. We got to get out of here boy, right oh now. Boy. <laughs> Why didn't you book sell more? That's all the time we have time for. <laughs> I love it. I didn't mean to say it, but that's just fine. Maybe that should be the name of the podcast. That's all the time we have time for with Dalton Wilcox. It's always good to name your thing a sign-off. Man, you just in full of nothing but criticisms. I'm nothing just, but well, criticism. I'm sorry. I'm, it's, I've been here for a while. You, you have been here. You've false pretenses. You've been My here for a good long low. time. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it is. Yep, that's right. We withheld food from you to see if it would help in the process of turning you from a city slicker into a man. What do you think? Well, did it work? Your weird methods did not work. I still consider myself a city slicker. You are still a city slicker, and your wife is still missing. Russell Shine, thank you so much. For God's sake. Anyhow, that's the end of The Wit and Wisdom of the West with Dalton Wilcox. Try to find my book and uh, buy it because I know you want it. And go out there and while you're at it, buy Mount Us More by The Journeyman. And uh, what else can I tell you? Just only that if you are a vampire or a mummy or if you're a Frankenstein or a werewolf, or a creature from any of the black lagoons across our nation, or if you are a silver-tongued Jersey devil, you watch your ass. Or a Jekyll and Hyde, watch your ass. Because I've got a stake of wood down my leg, and my six-gun is full of silver bullets, and I don't know what the weakness of the Jersey devil is yet, but whatever it is, I'll find it, and I will exploit it. I'm coming for you. Watch your ass. And have a wonderful, wonderful week. And please write to your congressman uh, and ask him to make this a regular podcast. Thank you so much, folks. So long. Well, there you have it. Wow. The wit and wisdom of the West. All of it. That's long. That's a long one. Yeah, but, you know, worthy of kicking off this Andy Daly pilot podcast project. Yeah. Did I get it right? I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have no idea. I don't remember what it is anymore. But yeah, uh, jam-packed full of fun stuff there. And by the way, that uh, uh, Dalton Wilcox book challenge, what did he call it? That's a real thing. You can go to earwolf.com slash Dalton and do the, uh, do the Dalton Wilcox book challenge. You can print out, for reals, his book cover. And uh, bring it to your bookstore and take a photo, and uh, it's all explained there I on, can't the, wait. on the website. I can't look, wait look, looking it. forward to seeing some of those photos, all for the purpose of embarrassing that poor publisher of books. Oh, it's a sad man. That's a, that's a sad story, isn't it? <laughs> My stars. Well, look, we've got some important announcements and exciting things to tell you about. There's a bunch of things coming up that I want to tell you about. First of all... Uh, uh, the premiere date of review, by the way, has changed. Oh. Now, review is my – maybe by the time this airs, people know this already. <laughs> there have been some other <laughs> – there have been various premiere dates out there. Thursday, March 6th at 10 p.m. This premiere date supersedes all other premiere dates that have floated around. Forget what you've heard. Forget what you've heard. Thursday, March 6th at 10 p.m. is the is the premiere of review, my show on Comedy Central. Won't you please put it in your iCal and sync it up across all your devices? <laughs> I mean, why not? Now the, now, the title of this has changed because it was Review with Forrest McNeil, That's right? true, yes. All of your projects have wandering titles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a good sign. I, <laughs> I hope it is. Review, it's true, Review with Forrest McNeil was the full title at some point, and it was, it was determined that uh, nobody knows who Forrest McNeil is because that's a fictitious <laughs> character, so why mention him? That's a good point. <laughs> Anyways, so that's just called Review. But, uh, so that's coming up. Also, I will be performing at the San Francisco Sketch Fest Friday the 7th. We're, I'm going to do uh, uh, some characters and stuff, and then I'm going to show a sneak peek oh, of Review wow. on Friday February the 7th. That's like an 8 o'clock show or something. And then um, I'm doing a bunch of other shows at the Sketch Fest. I'm doing the Gravid Water and Ask Had and the Greatest Concert Ever. Go check out the listings and all that business. Uh, and I'm also coming to some other cities, by the way. I'm going to be doing some touring out there. I'm going to the Bell House in New York oh. on March the 2nd. Apparently, I'm going to be at the Kennedy Center. That's a true thing. <laughs> Wait, what? Are you being honored? <laughs> I, <laughs> oh I believe I'm going to be the recipient of the Mark Twain Award on March the 3rd. Oh. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they have a, separate, a second room there, if there's a cafe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it doesn't seem right to me, but that's really? on the schedule. Evidently. Oh, that's exciting. I'll be in Boston. I'll be in Chicago the following weekend. You can go to andydaily.com, and there's a list there of all my upcoming shows. And so I highly recommend doing that. The other thing to tell you about... Now, this takes a little bit of explaining. One of the pilot podcasts, po one of the podcast pilots that we received was actually not, we, we put the cassette in, and what it was, was an explanation of what this person would like to do mm -hmm. if they had a little bit of production support. And we were so intrigued, we thought, let's green light this. Yeah. This yeah. guy's name is Patrick McMahon. Mm -hmm. He is an Irish storyteller of some sort. And uh, we contacted him and said, you know, we can help make your pilot happen. And he had a list of demands <laughs> that, that uh, we're in the process of sifting through. But one of them is he, he wants it to be alive in front of an audience taping. So we're going to do that on March 11th at uh, Molly Malone's pub here in Los Angeles. So that's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. A live Andy Daly's podcast pilot project taping. With Forrest McNeil. <laughs> I can't wait for this. I really can't. That's going to be huge. So I don't know where where people should go to get more information about that. I don't know. Molly Malone's. Go to Earwolf. Mo yeah, Molly Malone's Maybe, Earwolf. I'm sure there'll be a link on the Andy Daly page. That's right. As yes. soon as there's information, it'll be there. Yeah. You should follow me on Twitter anyway, yeah. TV's Andy Daly. Right. Follow Matt 
at, right. at Gorley, G-O-U-R-L-E-Y. Wait a minute, what? It's just at Gorley? No, at Matt Gorley. Oh, okay, good. Because it rhymes. What, what rhymes? <laughs> at and Matt. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> My title's changed. <laughs> it's just at Matt Gorley. <laughs> well, I feel we've covered all the essentials, except to tell you that uh, Billy Merritt did the announcing of this uh, podcast at the very beginning. Uh, Dave Wilder did the theme song. You can check him out at Wilder, wilderstylemusic.com. Uh, and a very special thanks to Billy Merritt and Paul F. Tompkins and Mark McConville and James Bladen and Jeremy Carter and Betsy Sodaro and Sean Conroy. Those mm-hmm. are people that yeah. I just felt like thanking. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Why not? Yeah. And everybody here at Earwolf. Yeah. Well, I think we've uh, gotten this thing off to some sort of a bang, yeah. right? No, I think words to that effect? No, we've kicked this <laughs> off soundly. Uh, and I can't wait to see what else we have in store here. Delightful. Do download next week's episode, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.